Blog Talk Radio. another episode on this blog talk platform 
Cosmos on Network. This is Brother Seth coming at you for another powerful broadcast. Brother and sister, if they're not powerful, they're simply not doing them. Powerful meaning relevant. Powerful meaning full of solutions, introspecting, asking the hard questions, and dealing with issues. As we say so often in this network, that the Father truly is saying in the earth, yes, he is. He's declaring some things in the earth, yes, he is. But some things you will never hear in churches, mosques, any religious institution, colleges, because the New World Order controls a lot of what we do, brothers and sisters. It's just the truth. Isn't that sad? So the Most High himself is mothering a lot of our churches, where he should be heard, and in other uh, religious institutions. Um, just can't hear. Can't hear a word for, uh, uh, on some things. And so we try to, at this network, talk about some of those things. Not to just be controversial, not to be popular, but just to be obedient. And we also talk about the things that are being said in those uh, institutions. But we feel like there's enough people talking about it. Uh, so we oftentimes don't talk about things uh, that everybody is talking about because you can hear it anywhere. People need to hear things that the questions and concerns that they don't have answers to. That's why people oftentimes doubt. Doubt. Folks are full of doubt about this whole life in Christ. So, again, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Five Swim Stone Network tonight. Well, we have, uh, again, Pastors Ronnie and Cassandra McCrae is going to be coming uh, shortly. Uh, they, are, uh, they are, I guess, in the house. We also have co-hosts that may be joining us. We don't know. I put out the invitation. We'll see who show up. So this is the uh, title of the show tonight, brothers and sisters. When entertainers... Or worship and strange gods transform our homes. I say strange gods transform our homes. Another word we can put is when other gods transform our homes. I went on to say this topic speaks for itself and is obviously related to most of our homes in some way. How complicated and strange can things get? Will we ever return to a society resembling the past? When will the good come from the social media and its grip on this generation? One more time with that one. When will the good come from social media and its grip on this generation? Folks, things can't change. I went on to say, is this a work of the Most High in disguise? could be, or the New World Order, or both. Can the Most High use what Satan may intend for destruction for good? I'm going to say that one again. Can the Most High use what Satan may intend for destruction for good? There is always an upside. Amen to that. There is always hope. That defies logic. So let's talk about it right here on the Five Sons Song Network. Again, I'm Brother Seth, and this is a new year, new Gregorian year. Of course, we as Israelites don't acknowledge it as a, as a new year, but many of you do. And that's what's important. If you want to start over and try to uh, do better these next few uh, months, and you want to start your um, 
New Year's resolution or your I'm going to do better, I'm going to serve the Lord better this new year, and you're going by the Gregorian calendar, I I don't have no hate for that. I respect that tremendously. At least you are choosing today. And uh, I have no qualms about that. While I don't acknowledge it as the, as the new year is expressed in the middle of winter, I do acknowledge you if you want to make these pledges to, to be a better person. I welcome it. So today, according to the Gregorian calendar, is January the 1st, 2023, our first show of 2023. And if you're going by the Hebrew calendar, this is the eighth day of Tibet, year 5,783. Uh, Yom Rishon is the day. Folks, again, I cannot thank you enough for supporting this network over the years. I cannot thank you enough. Many of you have been riding with us since 2011. I think February is when we did our first show. And we've talked about everything under the sun, but mainly five topics that we call the five smooth songs. So I just want to quickly, before I bring on uh, Pastor Ronnie and uh, Pastor Cassandra, we may call them brother and sister tonight because I know a lot of y'all don't like titles and so forth. I don't think they really care. I think as long as you respect them. At least that's what Pastor Ronnie told me some time back. But let's talk a little bit about what we believe here at this Five Stone Network. I try to talk about this periodically. You know, we keep, and whenever you get into things that people don't understand, oftentimes you hear, oh, they're getting away from the Christ, they're getting away from the basic, they're getting away from this. And I just so hate that. I'm beginning to hate it, you know, because people work hard to learn and travel, and travel if they can travel or just not travel, but just travel in their mind and their research to other countries and get different perspectives on what the Father is doing on the earth instead of listening to American preachers. And so when we begin to start learning things and sharing things, when folks don't understand, they have a tendency to say, uh, stay with the basics. Uh, Y'all too much in the flesh, uh, this or that. And I despise that. I really wish people would grow up and understand what Paul admonished us to do, uh, to go on and see what the Father else has to say. You're born again. You've accepted this Christ account of who the Father is. You've accepted what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John have said. Go on, he said, to perfection. He says, not laying again the foundation of repentance and of dead works and the doctrines of Christ because the Father is doing something else other than just those basic things. And some people, thinking they're so wise, think that uh, that's all we're supposed to talk about. But if that's all we talk about, brothers and sisters, you can never run for president. Your church, your assembly, or your fellowship can never produce a council lady, councilwoman, a doctor, lawyer, if you're just going to stay with the fundamentals of Christ and never learn what is going on in our earth. Uh, that is definitely spiritual as well. A lot of things happening in our earth is spiritual. A lot of things that's happening at the White House is spiritual. It may, it may manifest itself in the natural in wars and treaties and so forth, but there's powers, there's strongholds, there's certain demons that rule over certain areas. Uh, they have jurisdictions, jurisdiction wars. There's all types of things going in the spiritual realm. And if you're just saying, well, you know, don't get too, don't get too deep now. Y'all need to just, y'all need to stay around the cross now. Now be careful now. You know, the Bible says in a lot of days, he, people give uh, the heed to uh, doctors of demons, and, and you know, 
these types of things when, when instead of saying I don't know what you're talking about and and I don't really want to take the time to learn <laughs> instead of just just saying this they oftentimes will just use these other uh, and I call this a religious spirit to be honest with, with your brothers and sisters because at the most I say he wants to talk about uh, he wants to start revealing who the Israelites are and the remnant that's, to be, that's going to return to Israel and certain things that's to happen for folks Israel is all throughout the Bible uh, from I mean this is what the pool of Bible is talking about is these Israelites if the father wants to <laughs> have a relationship with the people because the rest of the world turned their back on him and he wants to reveal to them certain things then he called those people Amos 3 and 2 of all the nations have I known uh, excuse me bear with me here trying to do 15 things at one time I don't have a sound guy tonight y'all so bear with me okay but like I was saying the book in the book of Amos chapter 3 uh, 3 and 2 it says of all the nations of the earth you Israel have I known he haven't known all the nations of the earth known meaning in an intimate way and so he called this nation to teach the other nations to show them a better way but wherever the Israelites saw, they have been scattered there because of disobedience. And the scripture talks about them resurrecting and, and leading the nation in a pure form of worship. Well, how is that going to ever happen if all we talk about is Christ saving us? That's the door. You got to start there. You got to start. You got to step on that first step and the second step. That's your first and second step. To believe that Christ came, lived, died, rose, left, and is going to return and set up his kingdom. Of course we agree with that. Of course, of course, of course, a thousand times. But folks, the Father is doing so much more around us with a certain people and a lot of depression going on. I had a brother to explain to me early on when I first found out we was we were the people of the book that uh, even Wall Street, a lot of money's floating through Wall Street is because of the consumerist behavior of 40 million people called African Americans not knowing who they are and they spend what wealth you gotta remember we're in the wealthiest nation then one of the wealthiest nation and we're right up in here we that means we're our money is not in the play with 1.2 trillion dollars uh, brothers and sisters ain't in the play with okay so that 1.2 trillion just flows through our hand flows right in the black so-called black community right out because of a lack of knowing who we are not not doing what people who come to this country have a fraction of that do by networking with each other nobody call them racist when they do that so because we don't know who we are that money flows through our hands and through, right back through the people that rule over us and this is what jump starts watch this wall street had a brother break it down to me one day and I was just I was flabbergasted by how much I did not know that Wall Street just seemed so foreign from black people, so called African Americans. It just seemed like something we never get into. But he was explaining how a lot of the the, the, the immediate gratifications we need by buying so many nice cars, by by buying so many name brands, by buying so much this they're able to it boosts their stock and he was really explaining how Wall Street itself lives off the ignorance of Israel. And it's similar in other nations where they've been scattered. 
because there's going to be a consumerist people, low self-esteem, and they're going to need to do all these things to be seen. So anyway, folks, there's so much we need to know. So I just want to address that before we bring on the McCrae's again, just talking a little bit about the purpose of this network, what we've tried to do. So brothers and sisters, it's very important you understand that uh, this network is, is, is promoting Christ above all, but uh, let's say it the proper way. We promote the Most High Yah of Israel. He's the one that sent Christ. Okay, he's the one that did his. Uh, uh, Yahweh is the one that gives. We believe Christ his direction. He says to Christ, "Sit here on my right hand, till I make enemies your footstool." We don't worship Christ over the Father. We make it very clear: these are two individuals. One get instruction from the other, and uh, we don't think. Well, yes, they're one in spirit and heart, and, and just like we're supposed to be one with them, with because we should be submitting ourselves to the Father and make us all one. But the point is, uh, uh, we we come to show you a better way, brothers and sisters. We want to just tell you that the kingdom of Yah is at hand. It really, truly is. There ain't no religious rhetoric. His kingdom is at hand. His power is within us. We represent Yahweh of Israel. Some people say Yah. Some people call him God, most popular. But we chose to call him by his name. The Bible says, him that write it, call him by his name, Jah. And, uh, of course, we know there was no J in Hebrew. That's why when we, even when we spell hallelujah uh, like J-A-H, we don't never, nobody say hallelujah. People say hallelujah. I say this because we get new listeners all the time, and people say, well, what do y'all believe? What do y'all believe? We're not affiliated with anybody on YouTube acting a fool, hating on so-called whites or some stupid. We just simply believe the Bible, that we are the people of that book. Uh, a Hebrew Israelite is not a belief system. It's not a movement. Uh, it, it, people try to think it is, but it's just it's the African Americans. It's just the Af- African Americans, simple and plain. They're one of the lost tribes. We've been scattered to the four corners. We're in, we're everywhere. We're in we're in, we're in China. Yes, we are. My in my travels, I talked about meeting people who met all the criteria of being Israelites all over this world. Twenty-four countries I've been, and so I've seen the Aborigines uh, living out the scriptures. I've seen I've been to Papua New Guinea, heard certain cultures that literally act like they're in the Old Testament still doing a lot of the rituals and so forth uh, that the Israelites did. So my point is, brothers and sisters, Israel is in exile, and the Father has is going to reveal that. And so that is what this network is about, propelling these people. Uh, these shows are dedicated to their pain and to their uh, uh, suffering through the, because of ignorance and rebellion and sin. We're trying to wake up Israel. So this show goes to the Jew first, and then, of course, to the Gentiles. So anybody listening of all ethnic groups, please know you're welcome, welcome, welcome here at this network. There is no hate for you, and if I were you, I would listen to what the Father is doing with his people because guess what? Those that bless them will be blessed, and those that curse them will be cursed. So be careful that you don't curse the people of the Most High Yah, all right? Whether they're in rebellion or whether they're in obedience, do not put your hand on God's, uh, Yah's people. It's a dangerous thing. It is such a dangerous thing. Okay? So, I think I've covered everything. Again, follow us, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Uh, That's all I can say. Can't beg you, but uh, follow us. 
okay? So we, so we can have a bigger presence on the Internet. Just click on that follow button and just answer the few questions that Blog Talk asks you, all right? We have over 500 shows. Uh, simply Google Five Suits on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, when you're uh, roundabout in your car, in your work, or leisure, whatever you're doing. And remember, you can Google Fox with some blog talk radio and listen to some of our oldest shows with many, many guests that's been on, uh, even guests from Israel and just all types of people. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and you know, I'd like to bring on the guests. Uh, it's about 15 after, about that, maybe a little over. And this is my mark to bring on uh, guests and co-hosts. Co-hosts, since I see there's only a few in the house, we're going to kind of wait on the on bringing on the calls later on after the uh, McCrae's introduced themselves. And uh, Ronnie and, and Cassandra, I see that you're in the house. It's just all I ask that you kind of give us a give us about a four minute intro each, a little bit more about you, because this is your third time being on. I want people to really get to know you guys. So please, if I can say you guys, please, 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 just talk a little bit about some some things, uh, you know, personal, just or whatever you feel led to do. And then just get into what you want to share, and folks, we're gonna follow their lead as to when we bring on the co-host. So here's a little music, and then we're gonna go right to them. Just give us, let's just play a little bit of this, and then we're gonna come straight, go straight to the McCrae's. So Again, you tune into the Fossils on Network. Enjoy. Oh, 
Sorry about that, everybody. Had a little interruption. Had to take care of that. But let's go to the McCrae's. Eric Cole, 817528. Uh, Ronnie and Cassandra McCrae, welcome to the Possible Star Network. Welcome, my brother. Can you hear us? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. How are y'all doing tonight? We're doing well. We're just sitting okay, back and well, rejoining like our Sunday form. evening. Go right ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I said we were just sitting here enjoying uh, our Sunday evening, you know, uh, reading a little bit of the word, uh, conversating between ourselves about the about this, uh, tonight's topic and everything like that. But, yeah, uh, as I said before or in the earlier shows, my name is Ronnie McCray, and I am the pastor of Miracle Faith Outreach Center Church here in Lancaster, Texas. And I always say where Jesus is Lord. Glory to God. But we've been in ministry since 2016, and we've been here doing the will of God and basically just sharing the word of God with, with everyone, you know, uh, uh, God wants the gospel to go out, and we want to do it from cover to cover. We don't hold back. We uh, uh, we preach the uncompromising word of God. And when we preach the uncompromising word of God, you know, there can be a little bit of black backlash, but guess what? The word is going to go forth in, in, in its entirety. We're not holding back anything. But we, but we allowing, we, but we allow the Holy Spirit to move and operate in us, and we, like I said, we don't hold back anything, and 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 I believe that's what God wants us to do, you know, uh, for the uh, for the remnant who He has listened, have us listening to, or they listen to us. So uh, that's how uh, we operate and move here in Lancaster, Texas. And I'm Cassandra McRae. I'm Pastor Ronnie's wife. And um, I'm out of Dallas, Texas, actually. My husband is from Connecticut. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's a problem in itself, but we won't talk about that, mostly football. But other than that, you know, I think he's a really good guy. God brought us together um, uh, to do ministry. You know, we could be married to anybody and anyone could, you know, uh, be in a marriage and uh, have a husband and a wife and children and a household to maintain and take care of and everything. But God brought us together for the purpose of ministry on top of all those things. We had a purpose uh, for our lives early on that I don't think either one of us were very clear about until we met each other. And so, you know, it has been uh, an awesome journey. Uh, the name of our church is Miracle Faith Outreach Center Church. And it's because of the miraculous things that my husband always expected. He lives in the miraculous. He is always thinking about the creative miracles. He's expecting the creative miracles. And uh, it was um, an awesome thing to find someone who trusted in God that much that we were walking in expectation of the miraculous. And so it, it doesn't just happen in the things that, um, you know, we read about in, the, in Acts. You know, we read about the things, uh, the healings 
and the casting out of devils and, and things of that nature, but also God has done some miraculous things here in the earth that the world doesn't want to, uh, to expose. And we think that God has in some way changed or slowed down, but he hasn't. It's just that the right. world is trying to keep all of those things that God is still doing silent. And so we're here to proclaim it. We're here to unleash the mysteries of the kingdom. We're here to walk in uh, the spirit and walk in full dominion, authority, and power. And power. Our DAP. We got DAP. That's our DAP. DAP. You know. And so you know that's what we're here to do. And I think that he and I are stronger and more able to do it uh, together than we are have ever been able to apart. Wow. That's very good. Very, very good. So uh, we had had a show last week, and we was talking about some entertainers, and you said after the show, uh, 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 Pastor um, Cassandra, that you wanted to elaborate more on how the one gentleman would not shake Kirk Franklin's hand. And uh, you said Kirk Franklin needs to understand that just because he's famous, doesn't mean everybody want to meet with him, and we need to not be awestruck by these uh, celebrities or his status or his money or his whatever. And that got me to thinking about some other things. Uh, and we talked a little bit more on some other issues about other gods and so forth. Just a little bit, not much. Uh, but I've been thinking a lot about how entertainers and the pure worship these people have just changed the what we call success, what we call making it. Uh got all these people on social media just swearing up and down that they are everybody's on this materialism and it's it's these entertainers has has really pushed this materialism in a way that's just you can't even put in words, you know, a lot of our young people is um really disrespecting the the elders because of Many of us working uh, on jobs and and have worked on jobs for many years, and they look like they, they're talking to us like we don't know anything because they're coming out of the gate making what we're making now. They this is their first job making the kind of money that places like General Motors and whatever's supposed to be a good job. These people are making off the bat, and they have determined that money is. Uh, how you define it is their measuring. This is just one of the evils that have come out of uh, uh, messages that these entertainers, and really not just them, but the New World Order is promoting. Then there's other strange gods that have entered our homes. So I'm going to let you all talk about what you feel these other gods are and how they have influenced us. Um, I'll just sit back and we'll go, brothers and sisters, those of you that is going to be co-hosting tonight, brothers and sisters. I don't know if Sister Eliana, she said she'll be listening. I don't think she'll be able to co-host. But um, Sister Eliana is our only female co-host, but she has told me she's pretty much taken kind of like a sabbatical. She have other things going on. So if she time in, great, but I kind of doubt that she would because of her, her schedule. But I know she'll be listening. So those other co-hosts, We'll bring you in after the McCrae's come to a pause. Uh, give them at least 20 minutes, okay? But uh, Ronnie and Cassandra, it's in your hand. All right. Well, I just want to start out um, saying thank you, guys, for having us. Uh, we're very um, 
um, humbled to be able to share all that God has shared with us. You know, um, sometimes I feel like we as believers are just sitting like ticks. We are ticks just filled up. And we're not able a lot of times to get the word out and get the message out to the people who really need to hear it. And so, you know, we pray over every word, every message, you know, every speaking engagement um, that we have the opportunity to have that, that it goes and reaches the far ends of the earth. And so I just want to start by saying um, thank you guys for having us, and we're very pleased to, to hear about your show and the duration. We thank you for your commitment from right. since 2011, because I think that's the biggest part. Everybody's expecting something to happen overnight in a, mar- in a microwave society, but we thank God for your commitment uh, to having this show. So uh, with yeah. that being said, I want well, to talk about well. uh, uh, what uh, other gods, And what I meant by that, uh, other gods, strange gods, and all that really means is all of these different voices that are coming, like you said, into our households, into our ears, that are not God. That's the the gist of it, right? So I'm calling them other gods for a reason, and you're going to hear this just uh, in just a second. But today I wanted to focus on the entertainer. So uh, I started a series a few months ago. Um, at Miracle Faith Outreach Center Church on idolatry, the worshiping of other gods to alert the body of Christ um, that in many ways Christians practice idolatry in, in our everyday lives, and we don't even know it. So we all need to humble ourselves a little, you know, just as little children, so that we can learn by the Spirit of God, uh, and, and, and most of all, that we can be corrected, set on the right path, and see the error of our ways. You know, that to me is the most uh, important thing as being a believer, that I'm following after God through Christ and that I want to follow his ways and not my way and not lean to my own understanding. So we must all learn to be humble and to repent, you know, Uh, When we learn that, we may not know as much as we think we know. We all want to have the appearance of being intelligent. We all want to think that we're smart. And then when we find out, you know, just as uh, um, um, Carter G. Woodson uh, had written the book on the miseducation of the black man, uh, someone needs to write the book on the miseducation of Christians because we've been miseducated. And a lot of the information that we think we know is, is in uh, is not accurate. And so, you know, the world around us is a facade created by Satan for the sole purpose of luring us into his kingdom and away from the kingdom of God. And so some may not understand that when I said the world around us is a facade created by Satan, there's a difference between the words world and earth. Yes, God created the earth and everything in it, and the fullness thereof belongs to him, including those that dwell in it, right? So that's the thing. But the world, we're talking about the world system, as we talked about um, last week. It's the world system that, is a, that has been created around us. All this illusion that's been placed around us is a facade that's created by Satan, and we need to be fully aware of that as believers. Um, you know, we know that the, the only, the main weapon that Satan has against us, really the only weapon, is deception. And so that's where we need to focus on this. And so what sparked this conversation with Brother Purcell um, uh, 
talking about uh, am I my brother's keeper last week. I started to think about even that question, am I my brother's keeper? Well, did God say that? See, God didn't even say that particular thing. That was actually Cain's uh, cynical response to God. It was kind of a disrespectful, you know, uh, statement that he returned back to God. You know, and so when I thought about that, I love the way Purcell used it, though, because when you ask the question about my brother's keeper in the way that he discussed it last week, you know, um, he used Kirk Franklin and uh, the video, you know, that you talked about uh, with the uh, pastor who had openly rebuked him out in front of a concert venue. And so that particular video um, caught my attention. Um, but we didn't really get a, a, an opportunity to focus on it as much as I thought we probably should have. Um, you know, the conversation took a little bit of a turn, but, you know, I started to think about that. And, you know, not to put words in his mouth, but what I got from that, am I my brother's keeper? If you're going to say, yes, I am, then it's our responsibility to openly rebuke. Rebuke when uh, a, a member of the body of Christ, right? When we're all one body, any portion of the body that gets off task or does something that could create or cause a problem for the entire body, we need to correct. It needs to be healed. And so that's what kind of sparked this. And so Brother Purcell did um, allude to the open rebuke as a biblical principle, and I I certainly agree with that. You know, and so um, just I wanted to focus in a little bit on this issue of the entertainer in particular because I heard someone say that this young preacher who was openly rebuking Kirk Franklin for his, uh, you know, his deep affiliations with the world, the secular music industry, and their award shows, you know, was simply being a hater. And, um, you know, that sparked some concern for me that we would rebuke the pastor, right, rather than to rebuke the individual uh, for the things that he was doing or saying or how he's representing the kingdom of God. And so I would like to explore that a little more and explain why, you know, he was not being a hater at all, but loving his brother and the people of God enough to warn him and explain uh, uh, to others not to follow this behavior, you know, as he was not representing the kingdom of God. So, you know, not using our natural eyes, but using our spiritual eyes um, as the spirit of God living in us does not have respect of person. And uh, for this reason, so much sin is being accepted by the church today uh, because of idolatry practiced by Christians. It's Christians who are practicing idolatry every day and don't even know it. So, you know, we cannot ignore the peculiar antics, you know, and uh, oftentimes outright wicked behavior of some so-called Christians, uh, whether they be um, artists or, you know, musicians, uh, singers, uh, pastors, or anybody, anyone who is operating and wearing the badge of Christian, or if someone, uh, some people don't use the term Christian, but uh, a, a, a believer, right, or a member of the body of Christ or a follower of Christ, right? What are they actually doing? What is the entertainer? What is his job? What is his role here? And so that's what the questions I want to talk about tonight. Is this what they have been hired to do in exchange for money, fame, and power? 
Is it to lure the people of God into the kingdom of Satan? Because that's the thing that I want. I want to look more at this thing from a spiritual point of view and not so much from a fleshly point of view where we're looking at the color of Kirk Franklin's skin. We're looking at the fact that he is famous. He's uh, extremely gifted and talented, right, Uh, that he's such a beloved figure in uh, the Christian community. But we can't look past uh, the... Uh, what God tells us to look at. We should be looking at um, individuals the same way God does. If God has no respect of person, then we should be operating in the same uh, manner. And so I'm just going to start out with this. Let me start out with this. Kirk Franklin, and I'm just going to spend a little time on this. We can look at some things in its totality. When we isolate one incident, then it's kind of hard to see, oh, you're just being hard on this person. You know, people make mistakes, and we come up with all sorts of excuses, the same excuses we do to justify our own sins, I might add. (laughs) We need to be aware of that. All of those things that we do to justify our own sinful acts and behaviors, then that's the same thing that we use to to passively a bypass or give individuals um, on a higher level a pass. And I believe that we shouldn't be doing it, especially when it comes to leadership and those individuals who are high up there and, and, and claiming to represent the kingdom. So Kirk Franklin has been in the spotlight on multiple occasions in recent years. The totality of his publicity has been negative for the most part in the eyes of the body of Christ. But he's so beloved that no one would ever publicly or privately rebuke him. So the pastor coming out was really, really um, something different, something that we're not accustomed to because we are looking at this facade that's been created all around us. We're being told to have respect of person. We're being taught by the world to have respect of person. We idolize the individuals who have money, the ones who have power, the ones who have uh, our fame or who are on television, the sports athletes, you know, and all of these individuals, the world always tells us to do the complete opposite of what God is telling us to do. If God says have no respect of person, and then the world is saying you should respect this person because. And for us to uh, put so much emphasis on these individuals and to put so much trust and faith in these individuals is really frightening um, to me. And so I just want to point out just a few things that have, have come up in, um, uh, in uh, discussions about Kirk Franklin in the media. These have been public event, uh, in, uh, events, and so I want to look at these things kind of in a totality, okay? And so one of them was in 2017. 2017, there were accusations of him wearing a dress, right, dressing uh, in feminine clothing and makeup and wearing makeup. And so, the, the, of course, there were people, members, there's always a remnant that are, are looking through spiritual eyes that will come out and say, why is this individual doing this where everybody else is sleeping? Everybody else is being, uh, you know, lullabied, and they're not paying attention to what's happening. But you will always, God always sends one. You know, when God sends a prophet, when you, we read the Bible, he didn't send more than one. He sent one prophet, one to come out there and, and to, to speak on this particular thing and to rebuke the people, even up to the leadership and the kings. They were the ones. It was always at least one prophet. So when, an, when whoever it was that brought the, brought the um, 
the concern of about him wearing feminine clothes in 2017, we have to pay close attention to who jumps in and says, well, you shouldn't be worrying about what he's wearing. He's just an artist, and he's just expressing him. Who always jumps in and rebukes the church for calling something out that we think needs to be discussed? It's always the media. It's always the media. Because once they get over into that world system, they're all connected, and they're all part of that one system. So it's the media that comes to their rescue. You will always have one or two uh, hand-picked individuals, media personalities, that will come in and say, you know, have an interview with these individuals. And, you know, they kind of whitewash what, what is happening. Or, you know, they, they, they want to turn uh, the people to have a sympathetic ear. And so we've got to pay close attention to that because we are being manipulated. So that was one, the accusation of wearing feminine clothes in 2017. Um, just what, I think that was probably last year, that um, um, he was exposed in a phone call with his son. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he had, there was a phone call that uh, his son had recorded and released out to the public. And uh, just some of the things that uh, Kirk Franklin had to say in that phone call uh, was very concerning to a lot of us. But what happens? Because of his celebrity, because of who he is, he comes on and he can cry a few tears and he can make us feel. It's all a ploy to see if how much do we idolize these individuals, right? So, you know, our children manipulate us the same way. They could do something wrong, but if they come to us and they cry those tears and they say, Mommy, Daddy, I'm so sorry, and, if, and then the next week they're doing it again. No. What I would always do is say, if I told you, that this is a rule, and you break that rule, and I said that the, the, the consequences for breaking that rule is that I'm going to spank your bottom, then guess what? When you break that rule, you can come with all the tears that you want. I'm going to spank your bottom. There are consequences for your actions, and that's the thing that I believe a lot of times we're not looking at the big picture of what these individuals, these artists, these entertainers. See, it's in the word entertain. The enter is talking about being within, right, being within and to tame. That means to control. So what are you doing? You're trying to control what is happening or going on inside of a person. So we're talking about their mindset. It's actually a word that is, uh, is synonymous with mind control, entertainment, an entertainer. And now the social media aspect of it today is calling them influencers. Why? What does an influencer do? They're influencing us to do something, either some behavior or to believe a certain thing. It doesn't matter. And they suppress the truth. They suppress the truth and they allow these influencers and these entertainers to push an agenda. And I don't believe that there's any difference between that. So we have the accusations of the wearing the feminine clothes, uh, the a, uh, being exposed on a phone call with his son where uh, the, the, he was free-flowing with the curse words. So we know that that has, I mean, you don't, you don't pick that up overnight. That wasn't a one-time thing for you to become a professional, uh, you know, in profanity. You know what I mean? So we know that, that, that more than likely that is a common thing. 
right? So these are the things that God says, you will know them by their fruit. We've got to look at these things and examine these things. But in that conversation, the thing that caught my attention the most was him uh, speaking uh, to his son saying, that's why you ain't got nothing. That's why you poor and this, that, and the other. And I'm like saying to myself, why would any parent say those words to his child? That was quite concerning to me. Right? So uh, looking at the feminine uh, clothing, Deuteronomy 22.5 says, a woman must not put on men's clothing and a man must not wear women's clothing. Anyone who does this is detestable in the sight of the Lord your God. Now, whereas people don't want to go back to the Old Testament, oh, we're not under the law. No, because the law is now in you if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the law. The Holy Spirit is the truth. So all of these things should all come to you naturally as a born-again believer, right? So what is it there to do? What is this individual, this entertainer, this influencer there to do by wearing this dress on television and making national news, but to provoke? or to convince other young men or influence other young men to put on dresses. So we know what that's, what that's about if we're looking with our spiritual eyes. All right, so, so the phone call, you know, so to provoke your son to anger, Ephesians 6, 4 says, Father, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Right? So why would you provoke your son to anger? Now, I'm not saying we didn't. Maybe we didn't get all of that conversation, and maybe the son put out just the point, but I'm talking about the, uh, the portion that we heard, right? So uh, we are to practice. One of the fruits of the Spirit is temperament, right, or, uh, or, or having self-control. And so when I heard that, that phone call, it was just unbelievable, but uh, to me, if a, if a father never talks, to his way, talks that way to his son, a son would never even think twice to video record that. So unless this is something that is common, right, then a son would not know necessarily to, to record that. And so that was concerning to me. And so uh, uh, Ephesians 4.29 says, do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. And so those two things were, uh, were uh, certainly violated uh, according to the word of God in that phone call. Right? And then to brag about your riches and to call your son poor, and that's why you poor, and that's why you ain't got nothing. And all. I mean, these are things I never would think to say to my son. When you think of, you know, when uh, it says uh, 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 of your, uh, the, the fruit of your womb, this is the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your loins, right? Fruit of my, uh, my womb and the fruit of a man's loins. Why? That is. His continuation of life, why would we want to do, do something like that or say something like that to our child? So Proverbs 17.5 says, those who mock the poor insult their maker. Those who rejoice at the misfortune of others will be punished. Those who oppress the poor in, uh, insult their maker, but helping the poor honors him. That honors him. So we're talking about, uh, we're, usually when we're talking about the poor, we're talking about perfect strangers. We're not talking about people within our families. 
you know, if you're rich, chances are your children are not necessarily poor. They're in at least um, uh, being your children heirs to an inheritance, right? So, you know, just to hear some of these things, are, are, and we don't know the concept of the relationship, but all the same, I would rather not say anything and turn my child over to the Lord rather than to say those things out loud to him because it surely isn't going to build them up. Okay, and then 1 John 3.17 says that someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion. How can God's love be in that person? That's 1 John 3.17. So if the love of God is not in us, what is it all for? What is all the singing for? What is it? So we're talking about individuals who are calling themselves Christian artists, Christian entertainers, Right? But at the same time, if you're not being different from any other worldly entertainer or artist, then why have the title Christian on there? What sets you apart? What makes you different? And then the viral video where the pastor is rebuking him openly, Proverbs 27.5 says open rebuke is better than secret love. And, yes, I do believe that that is loving your brother. Our, uh uh, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. If, you're, if the answer to that question, that, that sarcastic question that came presented to God, yes, you are. You were. But that's not what, what is happening here. We would rather rebuke the, the pastor. And this man seems like he's all about the, the word of God. I don't know where we could jump. If it had been another artist, another gospel artist or something like that, I could see that. But I'm not, I'm not seeing that coming from this person who is well-versed in the word of God, who seems to really love God. Why in the world would he hate on Kirk Franklin? That's coming from a worldly perspective, and that's coming from a, a natural eye perspective. Because I don't see this individual saying anything about uh, uh, his music, even though it should be. And let me touch on that last one. The last one would be the blasphemous rap lyrics that he did on BET Awards. On the BET Awards, he had the statement about the lamb, the lion and the lamb bound down to the goat. And you have to ask yourself, where is that? Scripturally, where is that? And he came out on television. Of course, the media is always going to give him a voice. They're always going to open their doors and allow him to be on television to explain himself. Because what the goal is is to keep fooling the, the children of God because they don't even realize that they are caught up in mind control and that these individuals with their big contracts and everything are there for that purpose. I believe that is their job to continue to keep deceiving the people of God. And it doesn't matter if they're black. It doesn't matter if they're white. It doesn't matter if they're secular artists. It doesn't matter if they're Christian artists. Right? And so what we need to, what we need to, uh, uh, to be understanding is that this is about uh, a world system, a world system, a facade that's been presented before us. And when you said that about, I was just thinking, I said, I'm, I'm going to be touching on that. When you said what you said about uh, becoming so materialistic, that's the thing. Well, did God tell us to do that? No. He said, but to be content in all things. We're to be content in all things, to be satisfied with what you have. That's what we were trained up to be. 
right? And whatever God is going to do in my life, God is going to do it. And God hasn't failed me yet. I have done okay. If I have never been a day homeless or never been a day hungry or anything like that, then I believe that I've done good to be in a world that is filled with devils, individuals who are working for the devil, and they know that they're working for the devil. Because it's no different than what Jesus, uh, the temptations that Jesus went through, right? And so idolatry, guys, this is the focus. This is an, another area of idolatry that the people of God focus on every single day. Exodus 20, uh, verses 1 through 4, it says that uh, God gave the people all these instructions. It says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other God. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children, and the entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for the thousand generations of those who love me and obey my commands. Well, one of the things, when I hear commands, I'm not looking at just the commandments. There are lots of things that God has told us to do and not to do, which I look at as commands. When he says, trust no man, I take that to heart. I take that literally. And so that is one of the problems that we have. So in idolatry, you know, it's the worship of idols through blind commitment or excessive devotion to something or someone that is not God. An idol can be an animal, an image, a statue, a person, oneself, one's tribe, skin color, position, socioeconomic stature, political affiliations, world leaders, the rich and famous, money, power, or anything as though it were God. So my previous teachings on those subjects, you know, other gods, we talked about false prophets. We talked about the apostate church. We talked about the physician. We talked about knowledge. Another one is the skin I'm in, which I haven't done yet. All of these things can be considered other gods because we have so much devotion toward these things that we have more devotion, it appears, toward these things than we do the word of God and what God has instructed us to do. And so I'm going to take a break there. Um, if there is someone um, who wants to chime in uh, before I get into um, a little more about the idolatry portion of it. Okay. And I appreciate that break there. Uh, again, folks, you've tuned to the Five Sons on Network. Again, we have Pastor Cassandra McCray sharing tonight. And, uh, at some point, you're going to hear from Pastor Ronnie McCray. And we really, really thank them for, for being in the house again tonight. Where the topic is, when entertainers are worshiping strange gods, strange gods transform our homes. So tonight we have... Uh, the McCrays, and they're going to be hitting this topic hard and heavy. We want to open up the phone lines to anyone with questions or comments. Remember, 
Uh, if you're new to the Five Stone Network, uh, you may not know, actually, that you need to press 1 and we'll bring you on. We need to press. You need to press one, and we'll bring you on. I'm do something a little different tonight with the co-host. I'm going to do the same thing. If you want to get in, uh, co-host, press one as well, because I'm, I'm sometimes open up lines and co-host is not at the, on the phone, and just to be more professional. If y'all want to get in on this, you have a comment. Do like the callers do. You just get to talk a little longer uh, uh, tonight. Uh, so just press one, and we'll bring you on. Co-host, uh, again, if you want to, I see uh, Brother John has his hand up, and, and I think um, anyone else, I'm not going to even mention who's in the house, but some of these co-hosts today is the first, uh, some people are celebrating the first this uh, of, of January, and they're busy with their families, and even if they families don't believe uh, in this not being the first, they are there in the homes and having a good time with their families, I'm going to respect that. So let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to the phone lines. If you're online and you're listening, you want to get in on this, simply call the phone number there in front of you on that promo, 914-205-5590. Again, 914-205-5590. All right, going to the phone lines. Uh, Brother John, your line is open. Uh, welcome to the show, and go ahead and say hello to the people and ask your question or comment, please. Brother John, your line is open. Uh, Sorry, I had myself on mute. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can hear you now, brother. Welcome, and go ahead and say hello to the McCrays, and what is your question? Yeah, I want to say uh, what's going on, Seth, props for the Five Smooth Stones. It's an excellent platform for people to have these type of discussions. I want to say hi to Pastor uh, Ronnie, Pastor Cassandra, and uh, the other co-hosts who are frequent flyers on the program. Uh Seth, as you well know, this particular topic is one of those ones that's kind of near and dear to me uh, just because, you know, I look into it, I guess one would say. So in light of all that uh, Pastor Cassandra has stated, um, I guess my only thought on that, matter of fact, I think the most important aspect of this when dealing with quote-unquote, celebrity entertainers is, as she stated, we we would know them by their fruit, as the word stated. And I think that's the most important aspect of the discussion, and the reason being is, for instance, when it comes to someone like Kirk Franklin, and not just Kirk Franklin, it's many of these entertainers, we do not know them. We don't know them. Uh, as a result of that, we are going to be hard-pressed to see the fruit of the spirit or the fruit of the flesh, or the lust of the flesh, I should say. Uh, if you have a family member and you are familiar with that family member's parents, their grandparents, the neighborhood they grew up in, where they went to school, where they gave their life to Christ at, their walk. To me, that's how a person can truly make an assessment. And, and by the way, to me, this is not even a spiritual uh, assessment because the fruit of the spirit are 
Those are things that even a carnal person can observe. The lust of the flesh, even a carnal person can observe them. However, if you take, for instance, the example of Kirk Franklin's uh, outburst on the phone. Well, him using profanity, to me, number one, while profanity is not wise, it's not a sin, in my opinion, but it's like I don't have the ability to gauge that one instance against, let's call it, 20 years of knowing him as a friend. I don't have the ability to do that. Only his friends have the ability to do that. And so the example that I've always used, which is important, is that when you know someone by their fruit, it's similar to Florida oranges on a billboard. The orange looks great on a billboard, but it's not actually an orange. It's only a picture of an orange, and it's advertising. And truth be told, even if you had a Florida orange and it's sitting on top of your table, you wouldn't even be able to make a proper assessment of that orange until you bit into that orange and came to the awareness that it was pleasing to your soul and was able to sustain you. And so I think that's the concern that I have when we talk about these entertainments. And keep in mind, by no stretch of the imagination am I a proponent for Kirk Franklin. Um, personally, I believe he's been sold out. And the example that Pastor Cassandra gave to the naked eye might go over some people's heads when he gave those lyrics with the lion and the lamb. We know what that's symbolic of will bow down to the goat. It's not the greatest of all time as many people use the goat. It's the Baphomet, which is a symbol of Satan and Luciferianism and in Satanism. And that's not the first time that he has given us, to those who can understand that secret language that they speak, that's not the first time that he has given us indications of who he really serves. However, for someone who doesn't give that example, it's to me up to his, like, what actually took place, his pastor, his deacons, the people that go to his church, his family, the believers, because they're the only ones who can make an assessment of the seed that was planted, the ground that it went into, was the ground fallowed, or did they create the, the indentation to plant the seed? Were nutrients put into the ground? Were insects kept from the seedling as it began to grow? Did they keep animals from coming and destroying the plants? Did, did we have enough sunlight? Was there too much rain? Only the people in his general sphere of influence can make that assessment. We can only draw conclusions from the distance. Uh, that's all I have to say. Okay, y'all, I was in the green room. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. I was in the green room there. Um, hold on a second, y'all. Again, sorry about that. I was in the green room. But, Brother John, I appreciate those words. I did hear most of what you said. I just now went to the green room, like the last five words you said. So, Brother Priscilla, just hold on a second. No problem. Um, 
But listen, I really appreciate that. I want to see what Cassandra or Pastor Ronnie have to say in response to what you said. So, Pastor Cassandra or Brother uh, Pastor um, Ronnie, anything? Well, I just want to touch on a couple of things there, and uh, thank you, uh, Brother, John. Brother John, for your um, comments there. Uh, deeply appreciate it. Uh, it seems like you are probably uh, more aware of the subject than most people have looked into it, and uh, so a lot of times, you know, um, we don't want to go over people's head necessarily, and uh, this subject can get really, really deep, and I'm trying to keep it surface level because I'm trying to uh, invoke or spark um, us to look at things with spiritual eyes, look at people, look at everything they do, look at everything that they say, because all of it is symbolic in some way. And so the one thing I do want to say, um, you know, in regards to profanity, um, the Bible tells us don't lean to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge God, and he will direct our path. And so I read the scripture that uh, from Ephesians 4, 29, 29, that says, do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech is, um, as is good for the building up of others according to the need and the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak speak. So for that reason, now, Kirk Franklin being a celebrity or a star should really know better than that, because these individuals pay uh, tons of money to uh, publicists and everyone else um, to keep them out of trouble. And the thing is, is for them, they are the first line of defense. Those people are paid when they have mishaps or missteps. And so here is a situation where it actually got out in out to the public, and so whether some whether I believe it's a, a a sin or not is besides the point. And as I just said a few minutes ago, a lot of the times we justify what others do because we have secret sins of our own. And so I want to be very careful of that. If I don't want my children to curse, guess what? I cannot curse in front of them or around them. And because I can't, I don't have the ability to, to try to be two people, I'm just not going to curse. I can't be other places and curse and then think that one day I'm not going to slip in front of my children. So my decision is that I don't want my children practicing profanity is for me not to curse um, at them or around them. And so I want to be very careful about us, and this is what I mean by sometimes we end up whitewashing a lot of it uh, because uh, sin is sin, wrong is wrong, you know, and whether or not we're not, uh, we're not the ones implementing judgment on anyone, but we're supposed to, we do judge everything that, that happens. We judge everything through our eyes. God gave us eyes and ears to be able to judge the things that are going on around us, and so what I'm saying is when you look at the totality of all these things, you know, the accusations of feminine clothing, the phone call with his son, the things that he discussed in that phone call, the profanity, you know, the bragging about being rich, you know, provoking his son to anger. That's Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What well, we want our children to be loving uh, 
fathers and husbands one day, we, are, we need to listen to what the word of God says. We don't even understand that when we're doing those things, we're planting seeds. And so if it's all right for Kirk Franklin to do it, and he has so many followers, well, if it's okay for Kirk Franklin to do it, then it must be okay for me to do it. And it's not. We've got to stop whitewashing these things because these things are affecting our household, as what um, Seth um, was saying. Because um, even though I hadn't affiliated or associated these effects on the household, I appreciate him putting that portion in there because that's exactly what it's doing. It's affecting our households. And so that's the thing that I want to make uh, about that. So we should be very careful about um, the co- we need to call, even when we practice them. You know, there are things I'm still dealing with. If there are things I'm dealing with, I'm going to call the sin to sin, and I'm going to tell someone. I'm not, even, I'm not that person that's going to tell my children, uh, don't do as I do, do as I say. Even if I'm struggling with something, I'm not that parent to say, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite and tell my child not to do it. By all means, I'm going to tell my child not to do it. For whatever the reasons are that I found myself in a certain place, uh, and I know that it's the, it's the worst thing that, that happened to me, and now I'm struggling to get out of it, I want my children to know. And so we've got to stop. Those are worldly antics. The world uses those antics to try to keep us from correcting our children. And so, you know, that's the thing that I want to say about uh, that particular thing. Pastor Ronnie? Yes, yeah, so we just have to – if we're going to be a a, a, a Christian and, and do what the Word is telling us to do, not what uh, 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 our, our minds and our bodies are telling us, but we have to do what the Word says, even though that we are not walking in it as of yet, we have to speak those things as as as, as not as though they were. We gotta we we are working or, or striving to be Christ-like even though that we still operate in the flesh daily. So we have to say, God, forgive me. That's why I always use that uh, scripture in 1 John 1 and 9, forgive me that I missed the mark. We still do miss the mark, even though that we may have been walking in the word for uh, uh, years. We have not arrived yet. But, like I said, we have to make the appearance of doing right because the world is watching us. They, they will point out our faults the minute that we do them. So we have to watch it, especially if you're an entertainer, and, and, and they're looking at you, they're saying, well, I thought he or she was a Christian. Mm-hmm. And they will always use that. Go ahead there, Brother Seth. Well, I want to say uh, you guys are swinging tonight. And brother John, uh, 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 I hope he, he, he. I'm sure he heard your response. We do have another hand up. Again tonight, we're treating, we're treating the co-hosts as callers. Now they can't come on more than once. But right now, brother John just went forth. He's the co. He's a co-host, and we have Purcell Pochet in the house, the gentleman that made the statement in the first place about being the brother's keeper to those of y'all tuning into the show for the first time. So, brother Purcell, uh, go ahead and say hello to the McCrays and go ahead with your question or comment. Again, brothers and sisters, you tune into the five one more one second per sale. Brothers and sisters, one little station identification. Again, you tune into the five switch on network or some of y'all just uh going through uh blog talk radio and uh, you come across this show. This is the Five Swimstone Network. I'm Brother Seth. We have pastors Ronnie and Cassandra McCray we're talking about when entertainers or worship 
and strange gods transform our homes. So we've been hitting this a little bit, and you've missed quite a bit of those. You're just, just tuning in. But um, we'll pick up. Uh, uh, you can always pick up where we left off by simply tuning into the show after it goes off. This is a recorded program, as you know, if you're on Blog Talk, and you can go back and listen. I, I really advise you to hear the, the first part of this as well. Purcell, go right ahead with your question and comment, brother. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the praise Lord, Lord, everybody. Praise uh, the Lord. So glad you're here, uh, Pastors Ronnie and Cassandra. Um, first of all, let me start out by saying you guys are in my neighborhood, so so to speak. Um, and you know, this is my heartbeat, man. This 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 conversation right here is my heartbeat simply because um, I heard a statement at the end that uh, I think uh, Pastor Cassandra said that Seth had said early on that it's affecting our households. Not only is it affecting our households, it's affecting the body of Christ. So I'm not so much concerned. You all hear me talk about this a lot, and I know a lot of people get tired of hearing me talk about this stuff, but this stuff is necessary um, for a healthy body. It's, it's, it's necessary. Um, Purcell, right now, hold on. Did I hear you right? I'm, I'm kind of working the boards and watching everything. Did I hear you say it's not affecting our homes? No. Or you're not no. concerned about it? I said, no, I said you're absolutely right. It's affecting, it is affecting our homes. Okay. I said That's it's not ahead, only affecting our homes. It's not only affecting our homes, but it's affecting the body of Christ. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So, and that's my and that's my heartbeat is the body of Christ. Um, and we're talking about this entertainment thing, the entertainer. Um, and I heard Pastor Cassandra talking about how we give the entertainer in many instances a pass because they're in uh, the position that they're in. Uh, the influence that they have and the, the money that they have, the power that they have. Um, interestingly enough, my name means man of influence. So that whole influence piece is powerful. It's very, very powerful. Um, one of the things they used to talk about, they used to talk about uh, Michael Jordan, any, any one of the celebrities, Michael Jackson, um, Michael Jordan, um, all of those celebrities named Michael, the name Michael means like God. So what would happen is uh, when we would see uh, the, the, the effects that the influence that those Michael entertainers would have on people, it would, it would be almost as if um, some of you might remember when the disciples said, did not our hearts burn when he spoke? It was that powerful. And I think what it does uh, glosses the eyes of the believer over. Now, that's where my argument comes in, because what, what happens is we make that entertainer and their life 
external life, which like Brother John was talking about, the life that we see, because we don't, like you said, we don't know them. But the life that we see, what happens is we make the life of that entertainer the standard. When in fact, the word of God, like Pastor uh, Ronnie said, is the standard. It's the word of God that's the standard. And one of my greatest pet peeves with the believers, see, I don't have an issue necessarily with uh, the media. On this, I understand on the front side what their motive is. So I don't have an issue with, with the media. And like Pastor Cassandra was talking about how the media is always shedding light in these areas and making the water murky, if you will, for the believer and the unbeliever alike. But what happens is the voice of the unbeliever gets so loud where the believer that is not rooted and grounded, if you will, they be like, well, yeah. You know, then we start talking about stuff like uh, we shouldn't judge, you know. Um, one of my, one of the statements that I hate the most, and that's a strong word, that I hate the most is only God can judge me. And it's heard most through or in the body of Christ. When in fact the Bible said you could tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Now I can't tell, I can't do that unless I judge. I think I made reference to this before. Um, I want to say maybe last Thursday. But you cannot judge or you can't make that that distinction if you don't judge it. Or if I don't judge your behavior, I'm not just going to let a known pedophile into my house around my children. But because I don't let you into my house like I'm judging you, absolutely. But it's called righteous judgment. See, what y'all talking about is don't look down your nose at me as if you better than me. See, so we need to make sure that we are uh, properly um, addressing these type of things. I I mean, I hate that statement, y'all. Y'all don't understand how much I hate that. Only God can judge me, okay? And all that is is a... uh, um, a way of pacifying your raggedy your raggedy lifestyle. That's just a way for you to pacify or cause others to pacify your raggedy lifestyle. And I'm not supposed to call you on the carpet about it. But what happens in the body of Christ, again, is we make the entertainers, or like Pastor Cassandra so eloquently said, um, uh, we make occasion. Or we make excuses so that we, uh, in fear of, this is another thing, this is another effect that that has had, in fear of judging. So just just if you could, because we're going to get them back on, go ahead and finish. Okay. Okay. So uh, my point is, or part of it, I I think I made a few points, but uh, my wheelhouse is, the body of Christ, if that's where my disdain lies, is the body of Christ uh, making excuses. 
and 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 um and, and I said before, it is those in the body of Christ that you find um, defending the majority of the things that God has rejected that we have we have accepted. So. That is where my, my disdain lies. My disdain is not with the unbeliever. Mine is with the believer who uh, buys into that. So um, great topic, great topic. Um, and uh, I actually really appreciate these conversations because, like I said, I believe that they are necessary for uh, the health of the body of Christ and the individual. So um, I'll yield the mic. Thank you for the time. Well, uh, Pastor Cassandra and Pastor Ronnie, brother. First of all, let's just let me slow it down, brother Purcell Porsche. That was really good, brother. And I want to thank you for bringing up the whole piece about am I my brother's keeper? So we're gonna hear hopefully more from Purcell. I don't know if he can hang on the line or not. Again, the co-host tonight is gonna to be all callers. So if you want to comment, you gotta press one. That's all there is to it. You gotta press one. I would like to take a break, Sister um, Cassandra and Brother Ronnie. Y'all are y'all okay with a quick little break? It'll be a quick one. Um, trust me, I, my voice could use a break. Actually, hold on, their line. I got them still. Just wait a second. All right, now your line is open. Sorry about that. I had talked to y'all earlier, and I had to your line still muted. But go ahead. I was just asking if you're okay with the break, really quickly. Yes, we're okay with the break. Okay, so we'll take a little break, and we'll be back with, again, the one and only pastors, um, Ronnie McCray and his wife, Cassandra McCray, who is sharing tonight. Both of them are actually sharing. I see a hand just went up. We'll come to you after the break. And, uh, again, everybody, really quickly, and I probably should have said this earlier, but the co-hosts definitely are going to be callers tonight. So, caller, forgive me. I'll come to you in just a little bit. I think I know who that is. So we'll be back. Sister um, uh, uh, Cassandra, you have a hand up. Uh, so just know uh, that, and we'll get to that hand immediately after the break. All right? So, folks, we'll be back. Again, you've turned to the Five Stone Network, and uh, we really appreciate your time tonight.
song, what a song, what a song. That's by Queen Naja. And uh, it, this is a war cry, war cry, war cry. I just heard this song and liked it. So, anyway, brothers and sisters, tune to the Pastor Song Network. I'm going to go back to the song lines and bring on the McCrae's, okay? Uh, brother and sister McCray, your line is now open. And we're going to go back to the phone lines at this time and get the hand that was up. Please forgive me for going to the break, but y'all know what I do on the breaks. I update my computers. I cash, clear my cash so it can move fast because some of y'all are saying you're pressing one and I can't see it, and I think it's a result of that. I think I'm just trying to make sure I see everybody. Okay, uh, your phone line is open. I think this is Brother LSU. I'm pretty sure I got that. This is right. Brother LSU, say hello to the people, and what is your question or comment? <laughs> Brother Ellishaw, your line is open. What is your question or comment? Uh, first of all, good evening to everyone on the line, everyone uh, who's hosting. Um, I think Brother John was on the line, and actually he wanted to get back in, and he wasn't aware of the protocol to basically, after you've made your question or comment, uh, to push the button, and then if you want to get back in, push the button again. So I actually just informed him of that. So he he may well be tuning back in. Uh, my comment is um, I want to make sure that I'm referring to everyone by their proper name. And I know that there's a pastor and his wife online, and the wife made a comment earlier. And first of all, could I just have their name, please? That would help me. That's Cassandra McRae. Okay, yes, Sister McRae. When you were making your comments, um, you said we don't want to go too deep. And uh, I don't see how you're going to address this problem without going deep and dealing with the root of it. I want to give a brief um, retelling of a story that happened to me years ago, and I do mean years and years ago. I was a minister on staff in a church that was pastored by um, – I can't even think of the pastor's name right now um, – And uh, at one time, we were discussing the situation of school violence, all the shootings that were going on in school. We're not talking about these shoot violence where there's mass shootings. We're talking about violence that was happening within predominantly inner-city, inner-city black schools. And as we were addressing this, the, the Holy Spirit gave a word, and I spoke the word that the Holy Spirit gave. And the Holy Spirit says that, and this was a spirit. This was a word to the evangelical Christian community and the uh, broader white community. And the word was that because you've ignored the pain, and because you've ignored the hell that's happened in the intercity, when you were called to be a light upon the hill, but because this was not happening within your house, it was of no importance to you. That same death and destruction. Is now going to be visiting your house at a school, at a neighborhood, at a community near you. Three days later, Columbine happened. So what's the moral of the story? Everything that we see going on up in the hip-hop and entertainment culture has been existing for quite some time, but the church chose to turn its face from it. And we become so consumed with just what's happening in our world, that we, don't, we have forgotten that we're supposed to be a city, a light set up on a hill to give light to the world. 
And so as a result, we left that aspect of our culture and we gave it over to the enemy. And now we're surprised about the effect and the impact that it is now having upon our children. Because this is not a situation that just not happening in an entertainment industry. What John Clark alluded to earlier is actually happening within the religion of Christianity. Diana Kirkland talked about this recently, how that what's happening as a result, and, and it's began with the whole prosperity gospel and doctrine, this when these things begin to begin to take place and take root. Because what's happening is the very thing that we have outside, we now have inside. I mean, we have mega churches. When you go to these churches, it's almost like a production going on. And literally, they become so much reliant upon the production, they have now failed to live and to operate and flow in the spirit. And the Bible says to be wise of the vices of Satan. And everything in the entertainment industry is controlled by Satan. It's controlled by the devil. The world we live in, Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Every form of communication that we engage in, like right now, is happening in the air. And he is the prince of the power of that. So the fact of the matter is, is that we can do what's in our own house. It doesn't have the same impact as what was written in the scriptures, as we say, for instance, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Because at that time, you had actually a whole community of people. You had an Israelite community. The law was given to Israel. So now what we're doing is that we are disobeying Christ's command to go everywhere and make disciples because we'll go where it's pleasant at, we'll go where it's ease at, but if there's a people that's contrary to our religious church culture, we tend to distance ourselves from these people. And we judge people not based upon the law of God, we judge people based upon our, our own religious church-based culture. I know because I've been the victim of it. And I've also at one time participated in it. And when I was pulled out from it, I could see it more clearly. So the reality is, is that Kirk Franklin, and in something the things that we know about Kirk Franklin are not new to us, like the situation was mentioned about the conversation with Kirk Franklin and his son. Well, we can't use that to judge Kirk Franklin. And because Judge Franklin, now we can use the fact that Judge Kirk Franklin does a lot of other things that need to, that are definitely questionable, and, we, and those things need to be judged. But the fact that he had an argument with his son who disrespected him, now your husband may be the most controlled, tempered man on all the planet, but if my son gets up in my household and disrespects me, I might not say, God bless you, son. He might get a right hook. And if that's biblical, because when children became unruly and ungodly and uncontrollable under the law that God gave, you would have turned them over to the elders. And if they did not comply with the ruling and the government of the elders, you would have taken them outside the camp and still and stone them. Now, why was that done? Because what we're talking about is a community and not just one person. Why was homosexual to be dealt with by stoning before the whole congregation of people? Because we're talking about community and not just one individual. And until we get to the heart of what's going on and what's impacting our community, we can scream and do all we can in our houses. But here is a newsflash. The external influence is stronger than yours because it is more prevalent than yours. Because when you turn on the TV, you see homosexuality. When you turn on the TV, you see perversion. 
And guess what? We're talking about a perversion that is endorsed by a so-called Christian nation, but it's endorsed by the government. I yield my time. I'll click back in. Okay, uh, Pastor uh, Ronnie and Cassandra, uh, the floor is in your hand. All right, thank you. Thank you very much for those eloquent words, Brother Elishua. Um, I'm in agreement with pretty much what you said. Now, I do want to make this clear. The deeper you go, the more information you have to share. I can go as deep as you want to go. I will tell you, because once God opens your eyes about this matter and you're able to see the matrix, you see everything. I mean, there's no going back. You can't unsee the things that he's allowed you to see. He's unleashed the mysteries of the kingdom. And not just the... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We lost... Hold on, on, Sister McCray. Hold on. Okay, hold on a second. Don't, don't... All right, go ahead and finish. I was... What I was doing, everybody, I was trying to quieting everybody's lines. So everybody's on mute except the McCrays. Please forgive me for this interruption. Press one until you hear the lady say, you're now off the queue. You got to hear her say that now you're off the queue. You may have to press it more than once. I won't, it won't affect us. But press one until you say you're now off the queue. Brother Ellisure, your hand is up. And Brother Purcell, your hand is up. And it looks like y'all have questions when I know you don't because you just commented. So Oh, there we go. All right, go ahead, sister. Uh, again, sorry about the interruption. Okay, no problem. Um, but we're we don't have the time to go into it. That's why I wasn't saying as if um, the the listeners are not able to go as deep. We un, we know and understand what someone takes the time to explain to us, but that also takes up a lot of time. But what we're talking about tonight is other gods and pointing that directly at the entertainers. And I do want people to understand that this is a spiritual battle that we are in, which is what I believe that you are saying. But now, I took into account all five of those things that I listed about what publicity that Kirk Franklin had ha- has had in the last five years. So we're talking about five incidents. And so when we're looking at these five incidents, what we have to be aware of is why they're happening. Are these just things that are accidentally being let out? How is the media getting involved in all of this? We can say that we don't really care about what the media has to say and everything, but the truth of the matter is until we unplug, until we unplug from the board, which means, you know, why do we have television? You know, everybody says the prevailing voice is louder than your voice. Well, that's only if you have it. Why do you have a television in your house? Why do you watch television? It's one thing about it. I've never told my children that they couldn't watch television, but guess what? They don't watch television. So, you know, that's just a blessing from God to me that they have uh, uh, avoided that situation. So what I'm saying is when uh, I listen to uh, Brother Elishua uh, comment that we have to understand that it's still a choice that's being made. If you choose to listen to the voice of Satan, it's still our own fault. So what we have to do is when we know the source of the information, the source of the lies, the source of the deception, the source of the wickedness, then at some point in time we've got to turn it off. 
So at this point, we still live in a nation now where the government doesn't get to come into your home. We're not talking about like the book 1984, Right, where you have Big Brother on the wall on in the in the form of a monitor that stays on constantly feeding you news from their ministry of truth where you can never turn it off. That's not the case that we have here. And it's because we are not versed enough, we're not we're more in tuned with the world than we are with the body of Christ, that we would rather all of our entertainment comes from television, comes from computers. We don't have our own mechanisms to be entertained if, if that's what we want. The truth of the matter is God showed me a long time ago because I'm a songwriter. I'm a musician myself and a songwriter. And so in, uh, you know, 2013, I did a CD. And so at that point, I believe that God allowed me to do that so that I could see. He wanted my eyes to be open to what goes on in this industry. And the more I saw of it, I didn't want any part of it. And so what you have to understand is the matrix that I've been talking about is that when I say that this world is a creation of Satan, that's exactly what it is. All of it is a facade. So whether you're talking about media whether you're talking about television, whether you're talking about these so-called artists that are paid millions of dollars. See, the question I asked a few years ago, when we stopped buying tapes and we stopped buying CDs and you could get the music almost anywhere, you can listen to music almost anywhere for free, the question then I had at the time that I started asking out loud was how are these people getting money now? How are these celebrities and these actors and these entertainers and artists getting money today? They're not selling CDs. Where is the money coming from? And you're right when you say that it's sanctioned by government. All of that is part of this world system that I'm talking about. Seth calls it the New World Order. Yes, but we've got to understand that that's what we are up against. And we and I think the failure that we're having, the failure of, in communication is understanding that all of it, if you want to be on this side of this system, if you want what that system has to offer, and that's what Satan tempted Jesus with, and I can get back to that. I'm going to um, go ahead and go on with uh, what I was wanting to talk about because that's where it's, it's starting to lead to now, okay? So with that being said, we've got to understand that the whole system is a facade. I started with that, and that's still where I believe that um, Brother of Elishua and I are in agreement. It does get deeper. And, yes, all of this, all of this is part of that facade. So I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about, uh, a little bit more about idolatry and what is going on here as it relates to other gods and the entertainer. So we're talking about other gods, the entertainers specifically gospel artists. And, and I don't mean to single out Kirk Franklin. What I am doing is we're using him as an example because we're uh, springboarding from what was discussed on last Thursday. So when I start to see a pattern of behavior and every single time the, media, the, the television, the media, is right there to give you a voice, to give you a platform to be able to discuss 
whatever issue has come up in your life, whatever bad publicity has gotten on you, that already tells me that you're a part of the matrix. You're a part of the system. Not anybody can, not just anybody can go and have access like that. You have to already be a part of it. So for me, I believe that all of those individuals that are a part of that matrix, anybody who wants to uh, be what we call today a superstar, anybody who wants to be of power, whether it's in politics, whether it's in business, whether it's in uh, uh, the athlete, sports entertainment, music industry, all of those, we have to realize there's a price to pay to get in. And so, but the thing is, and we've had all sorts of artists and even the secular ones, secular artists, secular comedians and, and actors and actresses try their best to tell people what is going on without saying so much. And you have to read between the lines. And we see what happens to them for trying to come out and trying to expose these things. Kanye West is no different. Cat uh, Williams was no different. Dave Chappelle was no different. All of these individuals have been trying to expose what their role is. And what they have explained is that their role is to lure us in by the lust of the eye. So Brother Seth started out talking about um, the, the, the uh, materialism that people are focused on today, the young people, that's where the focus is. So when your focus is materialism, all you care about is money. And so that's where we've got to start. You're being lured in to put your trust in these people. They want you to idolize these people. When these people are idolized, you start, you want to do what they do. You want to wear what they wear. You want to have what they have. Well, what does it take for you to do that? You need money. Well, if you want to be wealthy, you're going to have to cross over into that system. The question then remains, how do you get into the system? Okay? So uh, we are of another kingdom. We're, from the, we're of the kingdom of God. We're citizens of heaven, according to Philippians uh, 3.20. And so we know that outside of the kingdom of God, the only uh, is only the kingdom of Satan, and every other God is Satan. Every other God is Satan. And what does Satan do? He disguises himself as an angel of light. So we've got to look at these individuals that the media is the one that's supposed to be presenting these individuals to us as angels of light. Every single time there's a reason that the media is coming out and showing us Kirk Franklin is this awesome guy. He's this awesome musician. And, you know, it's just a, another uh, incident that, um, that has occurred between us. Uh, this is a common thing. Parents have these issues. No, no, no. I'm not sweeping it under the rug like that. I think that's wrong for any of us to do. And so when uh, I read scriptures, I read scriptures that showed every one of those things that he did was in violation of the word of God, and we're just going to skip over that and ignore what the word of God says and say, well, it's in my opinion and what I think is, and that's the problem. So we can't talk about the problems that's in the body of Christ when we ourselves are going to use those things as excuses. And we can't say that. If you're going to say that um, whether my husband is a 
a, a very calm person and never raises his voice, never curses at anyone or anything like that, he still is responsible for his behavior. Is he going to allow our children to run over him? Absolutely not. But now we're talking about Kurt Franklin and an adult son that does not live with him, that was not in his household. So when you say things like that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to knock him out, well, you say that you're going to knock him out, but the Bible tells you to bring them before the council of elders, then you're talking about two different things. You're giving us what you're planning to do, and then you're giving us what the word, what the word of God actually says. So you're out of order. So if we look at it that way, what you have to do is do it the way God says do it. God didn't say for you to curse out your child. God didn't say for you to beat him to a pulp, hit him in the mouth. He didn't say that. And if you take the prodigal son, which is an example to us of the father, of how the father dealt with a prodigal son, that father did not curse his son out. That father did not hit his son in the mouth. Because that's, exhort, that's you exhorting your power over them. That's making them your slave. God doesn't even treat us that way. That father in that story is a representation of God the Father. So if you want to run out there, so if my child gets out of line with my husband, I can already see what's going to happen. My, son, my husband may go upstairs and, and start packing a suitcase, but he don't say a word. What do I have to say? I don't have to say a word. I don't have to do anything except for show you the door. Now, am I, if in showing you the door, am I violating any of God's laws? That's the thing that we need to start examining. There's no reason for me to curse out my child. That's getting me out of character. Why do I want to mess up my walk, you know, to discipline a wayward child? Let him suffer his own consequences. Okay, Cassandra, what we do with the callers, and this is a little different because this is a co-host, but what we've been doing with uh-huh. the callers, we stop everything when we have a new caller, but this is not a new caller. This is LSU wanting to get in. Did you want him to hold till you come to a pause, or did you want him to, to, to hear a comment or something at this time? You make the um, call. I, I would like to hold comments at this time because I didn't expect for him to necessarily agree with me. If you point out something, I just want him to think about what I'm saying now. And at our next, if he wants to come back, let's let's do that. How do you usually okay. do that? So, so you want to go ahead and finish your your train of thought? I would like that. Okay, go right here. Ella, should just mm-hmm. hold on a second after she comes to a pause. We're going to go to uh, to the. Uh, uh, um, We'll, we'll come to you. Also, anyone else that want to get in, like Brother Elishua is going to ask this question or comment, press 1 and we'll bring you on when, sister, when the sister comes to a pause. Remember, sister, uh, it's Pastor Cassandra, uh, Sister Cassandra and Brother Ronnie both are commenting. So Brother Ronnie may want to go after Sister Cassandra. Uh, again, you tune to the Fosters on Network. We have the McCrays in the house, Pastor Ronnie and Cassandra McCray. And uh, brothers and sisters, if you want to ask a question, you can do it. Remember, though, uh, in six minutes, those of you listening online, we are going to lose you. By that, I mean uh, you won't be able to listen after that time because we're only contracted to 10 o'clock Central Standard Time. And then anything else, if you want to keep listening to what happens, so we're definitely going to roll over tonight because I'm not working tonight, and we can pretty much do this show until, you know, the McCrays get tired. So, uh, it's good, it's juicy. You see they're saying something. 
back and forth. We got the co-hosts in the house. We got Ella Shure. We got brother. Uh, uh, Brother Purcell, Purcell, Brother John even, and so everybody's in the house. Or not everybody, but most are. So, again, if you want to call and get in on the action, call 914-205-5590. One more time, 914-205-5590. All right, go ahead, Sister Cassandra. Okay. So the point I'm making is it kind of goes back to what I wanted to touch on uh, when Brother uh, Purcell had his comment. And I love the fact that he said that there are some things that we are accepting that God still doesn't accept, right? We have made up our minds to accept things that God still doesn't accept. See, we've changed, but God never changes. And so the point I'm trying to make is where we can be uh, right on point with 95% of it, you know, and uh, be okay with someone saying, you know, well, the, the scriptures say, you know, if there's something that even I'm saying that is not scripturally based, because everything that I said, according to looking at what uh, the five things that I listed that Kirk Franklin talked about, and, you know, the, the two individuals who had something to say about it, who came and said, well, this particular thing, I don't think we can hold them accountable for. And then we have Brother Elishua saying, well, this particular thing, I don't see that we can judge him on. Well, this is exactly what I'm talking about. So you skip over the scripture that I just read to you, which should be our um, guidepost. And you say, well, but what I think and what I believe and I happen to be of, of, of the mind that when we do that, and not just that, all of us, Brother John and Brother Elishua, it's not just that we all do it. If there is some secret sin or some sin or something that we practice on a regular basis, we don't want to call Kirk Franklin out on it because we ourselves do it. And so, but we can't do that. we still got to go based on the word of God. And if there's something you're struggling with, say, yes, Kirk Franklin was wrong about that. And I struggle with that myself. We need to be honest about it. Otherwise, we ourselves are misleading people uh, and, and having them to go down the wrong path. Because the whole point is either we're setting the standard or God is setting the standard. And we need to elevate ourselves to God's standard. So all five of those things that I discussed were issues in the body of Christ. And the remnant who were looking at the things spiritually are the ones who had a problem with it. Everyone else in the body of Christ didn't have a problem with it. So I just want to touch on that. If you want to let allow uh, Brother Elishua to make a comment at this point, I'd love to hear it. Okay, let's go to the phone lines uh, and, and bring on Brother Elishua. Um Okay, your line is now open, Brother Elishua. Go right ahead. Okay. Uh is Brother Seth, is Brother Purcell on the line? Yes. Okay. Brother Purcell, uh, years ago, and this is my comment, my response to what <clears throat> just sister just what she just stated. Um, do you remember years ago that you and I and someone else, I can't remember the, the Open up his name. It's on the line, but it's not open. Now your line is open, Purcell. Go ahead. Proceed. Okay. I'm keeping well, we, y'all's line, well, we which means nobody you can't comment. But right now, I'll open up this line where you can comment. Go right ahead. Okay, thank you, brother Seth. Thank you, brother Seth. But anyway, Purcell, we went to go hear the speaker speak, and actually, brother Seth knows the speaker. I just can't remember his name. He used to live in Las Colinas. Now he has a ministry, I think, in, in Florida. I don't know what city of Florida, 
Uh, he was an attorney. So, Seth, you probably know the gentleman. I just can't remember his name. I know you know him, and I just can't remember his name. But he was an attorney. Um, he had a ministry, and his practice was in Las Colinas, and then he moved to Florida. Well, anyway, Brother Purcell and I went to go hear this gentleman speak along with someone else at a church there in Cincinnati. And his brother was speaking on prosperity. And while he was speaking, he began to talk about the things that he had, like his Bentley and what have you. And I never will forget the one comment he said, well, you know, maybe that's God's will for you to drive a Hyundai or whatever, but I'm a king's kid, and it's God's will for me to drive a Bentley, the best of the best. And I remember when we left that meeting, I was very, very extremely vexed in my spirit. Um, I, I can't even describe it. And why did I say to say this? We talk about Kirk Franklin, and we talk about leadership, and we talk about judgment. Let us never forget body of Christ. I'm not talking to Christianity right now. I'm talking to the body of Christ. I'm talking to the church. Judgment must first begin in the house of God. And we gave a whole generation of people an example. This was our example, this leadership, that wealth, prosperity, Materials are the number one pursuit, that it is God who has given us power to get wealth. We preached a gospel for 30 years that centered on appeasing the flesh. And so while in Wall Street they were preaching greed is good, I never will forget the movie. I can't think of the movie right now. There was a movie out. And it was based on a true story. And I remember George Bush saying, sin, 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 sin. So the problem was is that the church was no different, excuse me, because that remnant that you speak of, I refer to that as the church. The Christianity was no different from the world. The same things that the world was pursuing, Christianity was pursuing and is still pursuing. So I'll leave it with this. Grab the rod to spoil the child. Rod is not an instrument of comfort. And that judgment must first begin in the house of God. And then we talk about taking our children or a situation before the elders. Uh, we got a problem there. And so the issue is, is that we have to judge us, like you've been stating. We must judge us. And when I say us, I'm talking about this community of believers that we call the church. We have to begin to take away and separate the tares from the wheat because there's a lot of things that we do, and that's why I come my voice. Think about this here. He said, I put you, in the, you're not, I put you in the world but not of the world. He said, in the world. I put you in the world, but you're not of the world. You have to be the salt of the earth. But if the salt, Brother Purcell, has lost its flavor, then where would it be flavored with? So we need to turn this face on, on us because we talk about this matrix. The matrix is in the Illuminati. It's two different, dis, distinct things. And I think what you're referring to, a lot of these people, yes, they are in the Illuminati. And, we, and, and the believers need to be made aware that there's a secret society built on, built on Satanism. And that secret society is at the root of what's pouring all this perversion and filth into your children. They are at the root of it. And the masses of that society is a group of people that if you call their name, you can lose $1.7 billion in a day. And that's called a Jew. And with that, I love you. I love five smooth songs. Back to you, Brother Seth. 
All right, well, I appreciate you uh, 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 in those words. And just, you know, uh, I want to just at this time just go round robin because I'm going to uh, let them finish uh, the McCrae's or what they have to say. But I just want to say, does anybody else have any comments? I'm, I got everybody's line open back to where we used to do it. So just, just go, let's just go around, Robert. Brother John, your line is open. Any comments to the McCrae's? Try to keep around three or four minutes if possible, if possible, y'all. Uh, but anything, Brother John? Yeah, I, I'll just, um, I'll just uh, state again what I think Sister Cassandra uh, stated, which I believe is the most important thing that a born-again believer must do is judge them by their fruit. Um, you know, she's already made that abundantly clear, and I just wanted to uh, buckle down on that. It was, it was good speaking with uh, Pastor Ronnie, Pastor Cassandra, you, Brother Seth, as always. Didn't get to holler at Purcell, but, of course, we'll catch up on the flip flop. Brother L, get at you. One. Man, why are you always acting like you're leaving the show? <laughs> You always got it. Well, we're at the end of the show, man, until you hear goodbye. <laughs> it's okay, though. We used well, to it. I just know that I'm right here. It's all right, baby. <laughs> you always like, I'm gone. I'm gone. All right, but we got you. We we know that's what you do, so just be you. All right, Brother Purcell, uh, any comments to the pastors? Oh, absolutely. I, I Man, I love it. I love it. I love it. This, like I said, this is my wheelhouse, man. This is what I'm called to. I'm called to the to the. I'm called to those who are um, who are um, aspiring or thriving to be that remnant um, because it's necessary. I mean, man, you obviously you can hear how necessary this is. Um, and that's that's who I speak to. And something that dropped in my spirit a little earlier while I was still listening. Um, <clears throat> and Pastor Cassandra probably alluded to it to some degree, but she she didn't say it this way. Um, but we definitely uh, are responsible uh, for number one ourselves and this gospel. Uh, you've heard me say on numerous occasions, you've heard me reference Second Timothy 2 and 15. Study show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We have a responsibility to, to the truth. We have a responsibility. I realize <clears throat> that Paul was talking to, Tim, to Timothy in that uh, uh, particular um, passage of Scripture uh, as a um, a new pastor But That is applicable In every believer's life it's, re- it's our responsibility To know And understand what the word is saying It's our responsibility why, why is that our responsibility Because that's the standard That's the standard How can we live this life How can we walk this walk and not understand the standard, then it's kind of like what is ha- what happens is kind of what we see today. We just fly by the seat of our pants, kind of believers. We just 
Case of rock, case of rock, whatever will be, will be. No, we have a blueprint of how it's supposed to be. Recognize that we are kingdom citizens. You've heard me say this before. We're more concerned about membership than we are citizenship. That is a problem. That is a problem. We have a responsibility to the truth of God's word. And we have a response. We have a responsibility. This is one something that bothers me as well. And uh, I had to rebuke myself just a little earlier. The Holy Ghost said to me that you have to be accountable to me. I was like, wow. Because we got so many, quote, unquote, believers, Christians, uh, saints, whatever you want to call us, running around talking about they're full of the Spirit or full of the Holy Ghost, but we are so blasphemous in our lifestyle. And we don't have any accountability where the Spirit of God is concerned. I remember... And I, and I can use this example real quick. Real quick. I can remember sure. my son doing something was not like us. When I say not like us, it's like, okay, that's foreign. I, he must have picked that up somewhere else. So my, my response to him was, okay, you didn't get that from me. I don't know where you picked that up from, but you didn't get that from me. And I believe that the I believe that the Holy Ghost is looking at many of us and saying, well, they didn't get that from me. So I don't know where that come from. So we have a responsibility to the truth and the uh, accountable. We have to be accountable to the Holy Ghost. Because if he's leading us and guiding us into all truth, then some of that stuff you call in truth is a lie. And I'm going to leave that right there. It should, it should this is all good, y'all. This is all good. I want to appreciate. I want to just thank each of you co-hosts for chiming in on what Pastor uh, Cassandra said. It's back in your hands, uh, Pastor Ronnie and Sister Cassandra. Yeah, I just wanted to mention all every. We we have been talking about this, about uh, the interest, uh, the entertainment industry, about saints of God who have fallen, but I haven't basically heard about once we do fall, do we hear about helping the brother or sister up? You know, we the, the, we throw sticks and stones at the person, but we have to break, basically help the brother or sister back up once they have fallen or, or, or they missed the mark. That's what we need to go in and, and help that brother or sister back up so that they don't go to hell. Because we need to bring, we need to bring them back into the fold of Christ. We need to help them up because we have to show them the errors of their their, their misfortune or the errors of their ways. We just don't want to kick them as they uh, as they're laying on the ground, you know. Because Christ said, you know, about the uh, 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 the person who was uh, uh, laying on the wayside. We all see the brother sitting there, but are we going to nurse that brother back up? We, are we going to bring him back to our house and nurse him, no matter how much it may cost us or, or, or our reputations on helping a brother or sister back up off their feet after they have fallen? 
So we need to help the brother or sister back up if they're falling, and then and then God will say, uh, you helped this brother or sister in a, in a time of need. You, know, you gave that brother uh, uh, some water when they were thirsty. You, you clothed the naked man. So we need to, as body, uh, as a body of Christ, we need to go in and help that brother. You know, if the brother refuses to help, that's, that's on him. But we are a portion of the body. Jesus came to help us back up off of our feet once, you know, we have sinned and fallen short of the glory. So we need to help one another back up. Yes, pray for that brother. You, you don't know what he's actually going through or what the enemy is attacking him with in his mind. So we need to help the brother back up in, 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 the, in, the, end, in the end game right there. You know, we see that he's fallen. He's, he's missed the mark. We've all missed the mark. You know, we've all sinned and fallen short. But guess what? We have to use that First uh, John 1 and 9. God, forgive me for I've sinned. I missed the mark. Help me, Lord. And he may send a brother or sister my way to help me. And um, all I would add to that is I think that the street preacher that approached Steve, I'm sorry, Steve, uh, Kirk Franklin was that help. To me, if everyone, if when you think about all the kings and uh, and who the entourage are around them and everything, and I just remember, um, I think it was uh, it was King Ahab wanting King Jehoshaphat to to help him, right, to go and win this land back, and you know he walked in and there's like 700 uh, prophets there, 400, 400, 400 prophets. I don't know why I thought it was more. But anyway, it was a, a, a significant number of prophets there. But then Jehoshaphat, who was the king of Judah at that time, he asked Ahab, he said, where is the prophet of God? And notice there was only one. He says, where's the prophet of God? He says, I will only go. He said, you know what I have is yours. My armies are yours. My house is your house. My army is your army. He, You know, he flattered him fr- from the beginning, but he said, and this is wisdom. He said, but I need to know what the prophet of God says. So Ahab had surrounded himself with 700 or 400, Pastor thinks it's a different number, uh, a significant number of prophets that were not God's prophets, right? And the one God prop, the one prophet that would have, was of God, Ahab, crying like a baby, <laughs> says, well, he doesn't like me. He never has anything good. He never sides with me. He's always against me, right? So when you think about the individuals that are around these kings, these self-appointed gods, these people who are in leadership, these millionaires, elites, the people around them always tell them what they want to hear. No one is telling them what they need to hear. And so you have a street preacher who I see as a Nathan, if, uh, David, you know, when he asked, you know, who is that man? That man should be stoned. That man should be killed. Well, who is that man? Nathan told us that that man is you. Now, that was a bold move to tell someone in leadership, telling one of these self-appointed or self-made gods, because at this point, that's what they're equi- uh, uh, equating themselves to. 
They're too big to fall. They're too big to fail. No one can tell them anything. It has to be a strong person in the word of God that comes to try to help them. But if we're talking about a system that these people have bought into and they've done things and uh, and uh, uh, placed on dark altars and all other kinds of things, it is very difficult to get these people to change because most of the time they don't want to give up their money. Jesus knew something more than what we knew. He said that it was harder for a rich man to enter into heaven right, than it is for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. There was a significant reason for that. With these individuals who are at this level ever give up their money, their fortune, their fame, their power in order to really truly follow God. Now, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. Very few times does it happen. But what I can see is that the majority of these people, after so long operating in wickedness, the wicked doesn't want to let them go. Many of them end up losing their lives. And it's a very sad thing. And the the reason that we're having this conversation tonight is to avoid this type of thing. We want the next generation who may be the singers, the songwriters, who are writing songs for God. I, I can't write another song. I don't know how to write a secular song. That's not what God gave to me. The Holy Spirit brings me songs. And so when I have, whose attention am I vying for? If I only sing those songs out into the atmosphere for who they were created for, then I feel that I've used my gift. But for me to to decide that I want to use that gift and go out there to make money and I have to do some things or sign on the dotted line and I really don't understand the system that I'm getting myself involved in, then that's a scary place to be. And you're having young people enter into these systems every single day. Kirk Franklin is not the only one. Kirk Franklin at this time may even be a lure for the kingdom of Satan because he's bringing in other artists from the Christian arena. You know, when you think about Forever Jones, those guys came in through Kirk Franklin. Um, Then you had um, uh, Dante from Maverick Music Group, Maverick Music City or something like that. Uh, they were just recently on the BET Award, and everybody was discussing them and talking about them. But that gentleman, that young man, came out into the parking lot. He did a, a live, and he was saying that he just found out that P. Diddy was a Satan worshiper. And he was outside, and he was distraught, and he was, and this, this was airing and playing live, right? And then who was there in the rehearsal with him? but P. Diddy and Kirk Franklin. So, guys, we've got to be able to see these things. When we see these connections, we've got to know that these people are connected, and the young people who are in the body of Christ need to be warned. Where is it that God wants you to use your gift, right? Is your gift the same as your talent? Your gift and your talents are different. Your gift you bring back to God. It's supposed to be used for kingdom. Your talent is, the, is what he's given you to be able to earn and be able to take care of yourself. And so I think we're getting things confused, the things that we're supposed to be using for the kingdom, we're trying to use for talent. And I think that's part of the issue. But as far as going and trying to help individuals and people who come up against the behaviors and, saying, and calling that behavior out, they are warning them. They are the ones who are trying to help because there's no one else who is around them 
who is standing up and saying to these people, everyone else is too busy with their handout and reaping the benefits of what these individuals have. So a lot of times they won't tell them the truth. And like Purcell said, we have the responsibility. We bear the responsibility of gathering the truth. That's why God said, um, I will not have you ignorant. He won't have us ignorant. Why? He doesn't want us to fall for Satan's devices. And so what protects us from falling from Satan's devices but the word of God, the truth, the spirit of truth that is supposed to be living in us? So with that being said, um, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, continue on with the – did you have any other comments? Okay. So, um, but other God's entertainer, okay? So – Know that outside of the kingdom of God, I was saying that uh, the kingdom of Satan and uh, every other God is Satan, disguising himself as an angel of light. And I wanted to pick up on that. Second Corinthians 11, 1 through 4 says, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do bear with me, for I feel a divine jealousy for you since I betrothed you to the one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. Isn't that something? I, he said, since I betrothed you, look, I brought you into the body of Christ. I presented you to Christ as the bride of Christ. Why? I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And so what is he saying? He's, we're, we are expected, Right? to love the things of God when we have the Holy Spirit living and operating inside of us. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. Um, But it says in verse 3, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. This is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that just as the serpent deceived Eve with his cunning, that your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Our devotion are to other things. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the idolatry. We don't have that devotion to Christ or to the word of God or to his desires and what he's given to us, which is the word of God that is supposed to protect us. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than uh, the one we proclaim, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. What it's saying is that you're tolerating it. You're tolerating these things. And, and people are talking about today all the things we should tolerate. We should tolerate. No, God says you should not tolerate those things that are ungodly because they are going to affect the body of Christ. They're going to affect the family. They're going to affect marriage. They're going to affect everything that God created. And then if I drop down to verse 12, it says, and what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission, they work on the same terms as we do. See, there are people out there who are saying that they work on, we work for the same God. We're on the same team. But they're not. They boast about the work that works that they are doing, and they're not. So if 
if you have artists that are out there who are saying that, uh, I just want to share, uh, share the word of God. I want to spread the gospel, right? I want to uh, help others be able to sing praises unto God. That's my only mission. That's my only goal. When we know clearly that it's not, you could have done that in the church. So to go out to the world, what did the world have that the church didn't but money? It says in verse 13, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of life. So it should be no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. Their ends will correspond to their deeds. So if you really pay attention to what's been going on in the music industry, whether it's been secular artists or or so-called Christian artists, they never fare well in the end. It always comes to destruction, and which is a sad thing. But their goal while they're out there is to lure others into that kingdom. And so that's what we want. We should be... Uh, spreading warning about that to the next generation of these individuals who are very gifted, very talented, right? And if we're if we're uh, if we are patient, which is a gift of the spirit, patient enough to wait on God to do with our lives, to do with our your gift will make room for you. Why do we need to take our gifts out to the world and let them do something with them? All of that is false. Even the elevation. They're paid to play your music on the radio. They're paid to put you on television, right? They're paid to do all these things for you to be in concert, for you to be well-known, for you to get uh, television appearances, for you to get uh, 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 contracts and things like that with advertisers and everything else. All of that is a facade, and we're not understanding that. And so the question comes to, to ask this question, what do you have to do to be a star these days? What do you have to be to do to be a star these days? And I put the word star in quotes, right? Even in the night, you want to be seen amongst all the other stars. Uh, the God of this world, the world system has not changed. There's an initiation since it, um, since it was outlined in the temptation of Christ. It was outlined when we read uh, the scriptures that are in Matthew 8 about the last temptation of Jesus. You know, he he came with three temptations, but the last one, all of them really matter because when you think about the first one, uh, Jesus had been uh, fasting, and so he was hungry. When you're hungry, what do you do? Will you do anything for food? Why? And so uh, I'm going to read Matthew um, chapter 8, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 8 says, Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory, all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to them, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. All these things. Can you imagine your 21-year-old Say, I will give you all these things if you will fall down, bow down, and worship me. 
I will give you $10 million, and I will give you the music career you want. All you have to do is bow down and worship me. So you could put anything in there, and that's why we've got to warn the young people, right? What does it profit a man to lose his soul, to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Nothing. Nothing is going to be fruitless in the end. The enemy is not your friend. He doesn't want you to be successful. He wants you to be destroyed. But he's painting himself as an angel of light, and they don't figure it out until the very end when their lives are destroyed. Verse 10 says, Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So when these people enter in, and maybe they don't know at the beginning that it's a Luciferian system, that they're worshiping Satan, and that they're taking um, uh, oaths on dark altars. Maybe they don't know, but when they find out, how are they willing to give back everything that they've been given? See, there's the point. When you do know, when you know better, then you've got all of these things. Are you willing to give it all up? See, Jesus talked to the rich man in the same way. Jesus approached the rich man the same way. Sell everything. Give up all your worldly possessions. And the man walked away sad, right? So this is what we're looking at. It's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The pride of all those so-called accomplishments according to the world standards is having these people walk around. They're proud. They're haughty, right? Nobody can tell them anything. And so that is part of their demise. And so what can we do? It's going to take a strong individual like a street preacher that confronted Kurt Franklin. I'm just wondering if any of those words that the man said even touched him at all. That's the thing that would concern me because there is, despite what people were thinking, he did have a meeting with uh, Kurt Franklin afterwards. There is a video out there, if you guys go out there on YouTube and find the video, where the street preacher actually sat down with Kirk Franklin. And you know what Kirk Franklin did? He got Tony Evans on the phone to rebuke the street preacher, to tell him he was wrong and that he was out of line. So that kind of tells us where the mindset is. Who do you, who do you think you are? to come and approach me in this way. You were wrong. You were out of line. And for you to go and get a handler to come and tell this individual that they were wrong. So you're not interested in whether or not God sent this person as warning, right? It could be your final warning. We want to take into consideration the warning. And so this discussion is not only, it is for Kirk Franklin. It is for any of those guys who have accepted the world system you know, as a means of wealth and as a means of taking care of themselves rather than doing it God's way, relying totally on God. So when we look at the, the, um, the uh, temptation of Jesus, that's exactly what it says. You know, we're, we're seeing that all he wants them to do is to bow down and worship him. Well, that's where it started in, in, uh, in uh, heaven when Satan was cast out of heaven. He wanted to worship that God, only God was due. And he was bold enough to even tempt God wrapped in flesh. So when you look at this, when you see, are are artists operating in the kingdom of God or the world of Satan? That's the question we should be asking ourselves. Are Christian artists operating in the kingdom of God 
for the world of Satan? And what must they do to be stars to be among the elite? Sister Cassandra. And just a few things, Sister Cassandra. Yes. Okay, I don't know if you could hear me. Listen, we need to wrap up, and uh, I mean, uh, if, if you could, but I do have a question because what I what my job is is to think like someone that is not on the line, who probably can't press one because the time doesn't permit, and I just have a. When you mentioned Tony Evans, that was something, and I just wanted to interject, but I want you to come to a pause. I want I want you to finish your train of thought. I know how hard it is to have stuff. Me, things inside of you and I did say we can go to 11 so but I just wanted to just you let me know what you want to do if you want to want to finish your point and then I'll make my yeah, comment I'm almost, finished. I'm almost finished okay go right ahead then yeah but come back to that if you I mentioned Tony uh, Evans so just I'll, I will try to remember that too so um you can come back with that uh whatever the question was about that okay okay um Okay, so I was talking about the Christian artists operating in the kingdom of God, okay? Are they operating in the kingdom of God or the world of Satan? And we have to ask ourselves, when they leave the church, when they leave the body of Christ, and they go out there to do that and to use their gifts for money, they are no longer operating under the kingdom of God. Now they're, they're bowing down to Baal. And so now what will you do in order to keep that check flowing, in order to keep that check coming? So, you know, that's the thing about it. We don't want the church. We even know the churches. Many, many churches are under the operation of the world of Satan as well because when they needed money, they went to the world. And so um, it is happening in every aspect of life in this, what we call, the, I'm calling this facade, this matrix, and we need to be well aware of that. So when I say what must they do uh, as stars, they must trust the world system and not in God for their provision. So in the temptations of Jesus, uh, Jesus was telling Satan, you know, I, I, my trust in, for my provision, for my food is in, in God. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but off of everything that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Right? So he had those scriptures. He had the word of God for his defense in everything that Satan tried to present to him. And we are not equipped many times. We should be ready with an answer. We are always to be ready with an answer. And many of us are not. We don't know the word of God. It's been watered down, and most churches are no longer teaching, and we won't take the responsibility to read for ourselves any longer. That's the problem. So who should believers depend on to meet their needs? We're to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not lean on our, under, our own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct our path, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own, to your own understanding. Uh, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Listen, if you're wanting to know God, I want... This music that you've given me, I know that you just didn't have it for me. How can I give it out, get it out there to the man? Well, the street preachers are out there without a church. No one can stop you from singing. No one can stop you from playing your music. As a matter of fact, God has already started blessing a lot of these artists. I remember one artist that had, I think that was um, the, uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, one of the, Chance the Rapper. 
he had gone out there, made his own album, and he decided to give all of his music away for free. When he started giving his music away for free, he had given away so much of there was so much talk. When he had a concert, everybody showed up for his concert. Then he was put on the uh, on the uh, uh, the uh, uh, on alert with the uh, with the powers that be, and now they want to sign him. So often, God is already doing something with your music, with your gift. And then when the enemy sees you start to rise up, that God is raising you up, God is elevating you up, he comes in and distorts it with money. And that's how so many of us, and we lose our artists to the world. And that's where most of them are today. And um, along with that scripture in verse 7, it says, And the peace of God, which surpass all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is where we need to uh, be um, trying to get, we need to get to this point, that no matter what it is that we decide to do, if the world is approaching us, if it's about a job, if it's about a career, a contract, any of those things, it says don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's the first thing, the first one we need to consult. Not just uh, someone like Cardi B saying, well, what would you do if they offered you $10 million? So we already know what she's done, right? But if the, if the worldly artists, if, if, if the Christian artists are doing the same thing the worldly artists are doing, then we've got a serious problem in the body of Christ that those are the individuals we're listening to and that the young people are following. And uh, Proverbs 16.3 says, commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. God will bring them to fruition. Okay, so, you know, what else does the, the, the stars have to do? They have to bow down and worship Baal and not God. And Matthew six twenty four, 24, or, uh, let me read this one. What did Satan want from Jesus in Matthew uh, 4, 9? He wanted him to submit and worship him for, in exchange for fame, power, and riches. How is that different from what the stars are doing? whether they call themselves Christian or secular. It's the same system, the same people that they're bowing down to, the same money sources. And also that the, uh, the scriptures say that no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And so that's the, that's the decision that the, many of them are having to face. Either I do this and I get that million-dollar paycheck or I lose my home, or I go to this LGBT celebration and I, as a Christian artist, and I sing at their uh, event. It's not just about the event. We've got to understand the bigger picture here is about the Christians coming. Christians, they've got to convince Christians to buy into all of these satanic things that the enemy is putting before our children and before us. They're trying to prepare the world, the earth, for their father, the devil, when we're supposed to be preparing ourselves for the return of Christ. So they also have devotion to their father, the father of this world, the, uh, the, the, the world system, which is the devil. So once they know who they're serving, that's exactly what they're doing. And they have the same goal as Satan does, which is to destroy mankind, to steal, kill, and destroy. 
So in conclusion, for years, artists like Kirk Franklin have tried uh, to live in both worlds and have done so successfully because of idolatrous Christians um, who do not hold people in places of power and leadership claiming to be followers of Christ to a higher standard. The standard is not ours. The standard is God's. Instead, the very world system of whom they are now a part is responsible for making sure that we as Christians give them a pass each and every time they are exposed for who they are and who they really serve. It's in the media. It's the media that mitigates the damages and are responsible for smoothing things over and changing our minds about how we should feel or think about the transgressions of the rich and famous the sins that they commit. They're watering everything down and they are desensitizing us to sin because our favorite artists are, are, are a part of it, are condoning it, are, are, or are participating in it. Certain media personalities always get the interviews with the fallen and their job is to express sympathy and to minimize their deeds and to get the public to overlook their deeds and to put them back on top of the pedestal. While true worshipers of Christ are left looking on through the lenses of the Holy Spirit, reminding us what the Word of God says, we find ourselves in direct contradiction with what just played out in the world system. Why do followers of Christ not expect other followers of Christ to be ambassadors for the kingdom and to represent God well? Why is that a a, a problem? for us to expect them to represent God well if they're going to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God. The truth is there was a time uh, when the church, especially pastors, who I believe have known all along what it takes to get into this world system, they've known and uh, uh, they know what took place in the, uh, and what it's called, I would call it spiritual mutiny. I would call it spiritual mutiny. Because you almost have to abandon everything uh, uh, having to do with Christ, everything having to do with your faith in order to be a part of that world system. Right? Christians went to Hollywood to become stars. If the world system is going to pay you $10 million to sign on the dotted line and you did not read the fine print, you are essentially doing what Eve did in the Garden of Eden. And so... Satan offered uh, Eve knowledge. What kind of knowledge? We talked about that on last Thursday, the evil knowledge. She was already perfect in what she and Adam were made. They were made in the image of God, who is good, holy, righteous, and pure. But the tree of knowledge had both knowledge of good and evil. So what part was Adam and Eve lacking? The part they didn't have was the evil. That is why we are born into sin and shaped in iniquity because we are lured by the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life in those accomplishments. But once our eyes are open, we should be able, we should be able to turn back, to ask for God's forgiveness, and to repent. And that's the hardest thing, I believe, for any person who has gone into that system and received the wealth of the, and the fame and fortune of the world. It is the most difficult thing. And now I fully understand what Jesus meant 
about it being so hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So I'll yield there. What we're going to do is wrap up the show. Because, uh, well, hold on, hold on a second. Let's see, just see here. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. We have a couple of, um, of our co-hosts. I wanted to know if anybody had any comments, final comments I might add, and then we'll go back to the McCrays for final, final comments. If I can do it like that again, y'all tune into the Five Stone Network. Uh, this is Brother Seth. We've have on Pastors Ronnie and Cassandra McCray sharing tonight uh, again about our topic, which is when entertainers or worship and strange God transform our home, and we can even add that our society based on the various things we talked about with Sister Cassandra and Brother Ronnie. Uh, so let's do this. Let's go to the phone lines and hear from our co-host, and then I'll share last, and then we'll have the McCrays coming after me and give the final, final wrap of the show. I've enjoyed it a lot. Hopefully you all understand the gist behind what we're trying to say. We have to raise the bars. Purcell talk about it. Let's go to Purcell, as a matter of fact. We'll let him go, and then uh, um, we'll see if Brother John have anything, okay? Um, actually, let's go to Brother John first, because I know sometimes his schedule is limited. Uh, Brother John, um your phone line is open. Go ahead if you have any comments for the craze. Any final comments, brother? Uh, actually, brother says brother John is on the bed because he has to uh, get up early in the morning, um, and I'll just hold my comment until after you are at the per sale. No, you can go ahead then. You can go ahead since you're on the okay. line. We're wrapping up. Okay. Okay. Sister Cassandra, I did have a question for you, and very, very good presentation. Uh, very good presentation. I agree wholeheartedly. With everything that you said, I really I couldn't even put a period on that. But I do have a question. Um, it was one thing, and it's a scriptural issue. But for clarity, you said that uh, Kirk Franklin called Pastor Tony Evans and put Tony Evans on the line when he was being confronted by this individual. This was in their sit-down meeting. He actually did sit down with Kirk Franklin. Remember, Kirk asked him if he would sit down with him and they could go over scripture by scripture and things of that nature. But he had no scripture, so he, he brought in Tony Evans to rebuke the street preacher. Okay. Uh, and see, therein lies the issue. Yeah. Again, I um, want to say that, you know, everything that you stated, I, I am totally 100% agreement with. And there was only one issue of disagreement, and that's what I'm about to say in reference to that, because I think it goes to the crux of the matter, the issue is. Tony Evans, if, I, if I'm clear, is, is Kirk Franklin's pastor, and has been his pastor for a number of years. Uh, I used to live right down the street from um, the church that Pastor Evans uh, pastors, and so yeah, he's been his pastor for a number of years. Um, when it comes to rebuking, we're really going to deal with order. Actually, because I'm an evangelist, I basically, you know, I can rebuke somebody if I have a relationship with them. But just coming up and, you know, having somebody and you're rebuking them, there's an order to that. And that goes to the crust of the problem is that that order comes from without the church. Like the scripture that you read in Corinthians, the context of that, and here it is, uh, uh, verse 5, chapter 10, chapter 10, it says, For I suppose not uh, with behind the very chiefest apostle, this is the apostle Paul speaking, 
But though I be rude in speech, I can relate, Pastor. I can relate to Pastor Paul. <laughs> but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things, speaking of the apostles. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that you might be exalted? Because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely. I robbed other churches, taking wages with them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. But that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied in all things. Then he goes on to say in his, I'll go jump down uh, to the 13th verse, no, 12th verse. It says, but what I do, that will I do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of who? Of Christ. That's not talking about movie stars. That's not talking about any change. This is talking about apostles. And where do they do this at? And no marvel, for Satan himself is transforming himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is of no great thing if he, if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends should be according to their work. I'll just re-endorse what I said earlier. Everything that is going on with that is that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, someone said something? No, no, go ahead and finish up, brother. Final, final comment. You're doing good. Finish up. Okay, so, okay, so there's other things that, what is the option? We talk about the young men, some of them, most of them are extremely And this, this is a final comment, LSU, you know that, right? Right, just right. And that's, and that's my final comment. So what is the option? Go ahead, go ahead. We know that many of the men and women who find themselves in the entertainment industries under the rest to sign such contracts, they come from nothing. Many of them have no option in a society that is the danger, has sustained them an endangered species. So the thing is, is that the answer to everything that we're seeing in regard to the entertainment industry is that other kingdom, the kingdom of God. But the problem is, is that we have to remove those things out of the kingdom that are not conducive to God's will. And therein lies the problem. The false apostles that basically are not building up these young men and women, our sons and daughters, as we send them to their churches, many of these people are false apostles. They're not teaching what you taught tonight, which is sound doctrine. They're teaching in and of themselves entertainment. They're teaching the glory of the flesh. So as you stated, we have to get back to the foundation. And judgment must first begin in the house of God. And it's got to be with now holding the men and women who are governing the house of God. They must be held accountable. Because you've got to ask yourself this question here. If Kirk Franklin can put his pastor on the phone and his pastor can rebuke the street evangelist, if the street evangelist was telling truth, but yet the pastor rebuked that, then is not the man who is informing Kirk Franklin at fault here? And so with that, all I was saying, and I ended it with this. It says I've said it always, and I've been saying it all along. We have got to hold up the body of Christ, not the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. We have got to start holding our leadership to accountability. Powerful, 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 as usual, brother. Appreciate that. Appreciate that, Ella Shore. 
Well, let's go back to the phone lines. Y'all heard from Ellis Shore. All right, and uh, you'll hear more from him in the future, hopefully. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines and bring on Brother Purcell Porsche uh, for final words, please, and then we'll hear from the McCraves for the final, final. All right, Brother uh, Purcell, your line is open, Brother. All right, so, yeah, um, yeah, that was good, uh, Brother Ellis Shore. Um, but I would say this. This is what I would say. Uh, and this is what I say. I'm not saying this in reference to what you said. This is what I say all the time. It is, it is, it is Kirk Franklin's responsibility. I don't think it falls to Tony Evans because Kirk Frank Kirk Franklin. It's because I'm just saying his name because that's what we talking about, or that's he's the example. Kirk Franklin has a responsibility to the truth. I don't care who he calls. He still needs to know for himself. He didn't call uh, Tony Evans when God saved him. Salvation is personal. It's personal. And we have to keep it that way. Of course, we have a responsibility to, to, to love each other, and to walk in, in in unity along with that love, but by the same token, I have to be accountable to me. I'm accountable. That's what I teach my children. Who are you responsible for? They say myself. Absolutely. So you have a responsibility to you so that you don't look ridiculous. A workman that need, need not be ashamed. So you don't be ashamed. That's shameful. What Pastor Cassandra said about him, the fact that he couldn't stand on his own two feet or his the own the uh, his own word, he didn't have his own word to stand on. That's shameful. That's shameful. And she referenced another one of my favorite scriptures that we ought to always have an answer. Scripture said, "For the hope that lies within you." Always have an answer for the hope that lies within you. And if you don't, that's shameful. That's shameful. But I'm going to end with this. I'm telling you, I'm telling y'all, this is, uh, man, listen. That's to tell you, this is my heartbeat. This is my heartbeat. Um, yeah, lift the brothers up, go reference, um, I want to make sure I reference what uh, Pastor Ronnie said about lifting each other up. Um, I think the first step in that is recognition. Okay? You can't lift me up if I don't know I'm down or if I don't believe that I'm down. So my first responsibility, I agree with uh, Pastor Cassandra, the street preacher, was sounding the alarm was shining the light, was illuminating your issue. This is what the issue is. Okay, now you either agree with that or you're going to receive that or you're going to reject it. Whether you receive or reject it, that's what's, that's what's important. That's the important piece. But, again, it's personal. You have a responsibility. You have to take responsibility for yourself first. 
first, and then now we can give you uh, some ideas. Now we can come alongside of you and, and gird Amen. you up now and build you up. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it, we have a responsibility as believers to to walk this thing out together. But Amen. We have to be accountable to the Holy Ghost. Seth, I know I'm time, my time is up, brother. I, I, I hear you. So um, it's your boy, Ambassador Purcell and Dale Forche, all the way from Cincinnati, Ohio, Salt Life Kingdom Ministries. I love you. It's not a thing you can do about it. And I'm out. Amen, amen. Appreciate that, Purcell Porsche. Again, very good delivery uh, by you. Appreciate that. All right, Pastor Arani and uh, Pastor Cassandra, we have like two minutes for you guys to comment because I always like to go out with a song just the way we like to do it. So just allow time for the song. We've got about two minutes between the two of you. So please go ahead with your final, and we really do thank you for coming on tonight. Signing the alarm, raising the standard, all that good stuff. I'm going to wave my comment for time's sake, and it's in y'all's hand. All right. Well, I just want to thank everybody. I really appreciate all of the comments and, and, and everything because um, it's good for us to sit down and have these conversations. You know, the Bible tells us, let, come, let us reason together. A lot of times we don't understand a lot of it because we chalk it up as don't judge and all these other things that everybody's alluded to, and we don't really get to sit down and humbly admit there's not much we know about the subject. How much do I know? Maybe this brother knows more information about it than I do. Or be willing to sit down, you know, and glean from somebody else. I love just sitting around with a bunch of pastors and to be able to talk about what is in the Word of God. But I did want to touch on uh, Purcell with the, the, uh, one of the very first message that I taught in this series of other gods was the false prophet and how it's created an apostate church. And so, you know, I know that you had, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk later about uh, the issue of why I even brought up Tony Evans. And that's a whole other issue um, uh, for me. But, you know, as someone started to say, you know, this is, you know, Tony Evans, you know, I went to his church, he lived down the street. You know, all of those things are meaningless to me because you don't know the man and we don't know. I know some things that I've been watching because the Holy Spirit makes me pay attention. Okay to some things right. that are happening, not because of, you know, what has um, been uh, put out there by everyone else. The Holy Spirit is the best teacher, and we need to always remember that. Go ahead, Beth. And I just wanted to say, you know, I appreciate the time that everybody took tonight just to sit and to listen to one another. But like I said before, we are the body of Christ, and we all want to get to heaven and we're, I want to bring everybody, uh, everybody with me that uh, that God puts before me. So I, I just want to say that, and you know, uh, 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 it's about uh, going to heaven and doing the work of God, doing the work of the ministry. And God, and that's what the reason why He came here. He came to save the lost at any cost. Amen. There you go, with there, Steph. Amen. Well, well, again, I want to wrap up and just thank y'all for coming on. And just so y'all know, we ain't heard on Kirk Franklin or as love for our brother. I'm actually going to go out with a song by him. Folks, uh, this is serious. It's very serious. You hear what has been said. It's very serious. And uh, I, I can't. I don't know. I don't know whether or not he belonged to the Father. And I don't, I don't know what his pastor told the guy. 
All I know is this. I hope y'all have heard every single thing because the devil is real. And he is, a lot of the saints, is 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 selling out. I can't say if they are still belong to the Father. Man. I just, I can't, it's not my place to say that. But some of these people do have horrible fruit. It makes you wonder. So let's wrap up by just by going out with this one song by Kirk, just so y'all know we ain't hating on him. We love him, and we wish the well for his soul. But I hope he may, maybe he'll get a hold of this broadcast. You'd be surprised who listens to this broadcast, especially with me being a local boy. And uh, some of the people you know I know, so we'll just see. Again, you've turned to the Five Soul Network. I'm Brother Seth, and I love every single one of you, and there is nothing you can do about it. Thank you, McCray's co-host, and we appreciate all of you that's, uh, that's participating in the show tonight. Good night. The truth can hurt you, or the truth can change you. What will truth do to you? I just want to be happy. But if I keep on doing the things that keep on bringing me pain, there's no one else I can blame if I'm not happy. Wasted time, but now I can see the biggest enemy is with me, so I'm not happy. Cry yourself to sleep, shout and raise your hands. It won't change a thing, child, until you if you're tired of seeing the same, if you're tired of things not changing, it's time for you to get out the way. Don't get stuck in how you feel. Take Jesus, take the wheel. He knows the road that you need to take. But it only works if you want to be happy. Look at yourself and say, Don't you want to be happy? Yeah. I just want to be happy. But if I keep on giving my heart for people to tear apart, the healing will never stop so I can be happy. Yes, Lord. Will I ever be happy? Cry yourself to sleep. Shout and raise your I'm talking to you to say If you're
Let him drive. I just wanna be happy. 